Welcome to episode eight of Deviant Discussions. I'm Jeremiah and Nathan Yale. Nathan Yale again. Here. Yeah. Once again. It's like I can't leave or something. It's weird. You're here a lot lately. Yeah, it's odd. It is odd. I don't know why. It is. I don't either. It is weird. It's like I've got all this free time on my hands all of a sudden. Right. <laughs> Maybe. I really don't. I'm still fucking hustling. For sure. So. Yeah. I imagine you're still playing Oracle of... Did we determine what it was? Yeah, it was Oracle of Ages I'm playing, yeah. What was the other insight that you provided me with? I forget what it was that you'd said about those games. Oh, like, as far as, like, the big, like, core differences between Ages and Seasons? Well, the... I can't remember exactly what Seasons mainly focuses on, but Ages is more puzzle-centric. The puzzles are a lot more difficult and more widely i guess prominent and that's uh that's that's what i prefer in a 2d legend of zelda game and even 3d for that matter i really love the puzzle so i think this will probably be my favorite of the two by far i don't know i haven't played seasons yet but i'm really enjoying ages it's it's fun the dip the puzzles are frustrating at times but i just power through them i'm, I'm still in well i've I progressed since last we spoke, uh, beaten the fourth dungeon. Now I'm in the fifth, which is the crown dungeon, I guess, in what would be Goron City or whatever. Nice. nice. But I've been stuck in that dungeon forever because of the puzzle's difficulty. Like It's not like incredibly difficult once you like figure it out, but you're like, God damn, I'm a fucking idiot. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, that's a good Zelda game, right? No, absolutely. I mean, that's a good... any game that well i mean you know what i mean going back to zelda it's like the og when it comes to games for me at least i think about games where i'm like stuck in a temple and just being like motherfucker i'm not not stuck necessarily but like one thing that that i really get stuck yeah i go on about you move through it yeah is that like having a feature where you could like mark what staircase goes to what room especially in this dungeon like i've probably spent that's probably the most time i've spent a zelda dungeon since like the fucking water temple. Crazy. That's because, crazy. like, if, if I, like, had, like, a physical map or something, like, where I could mark, okay, this fucking ladder goes to this room, and I need to go back to that room because there's something in there that I didn't either have the item for, or I couldn't figure out how to fucking progress, you know? There is a solution. <clears throat> yeah, fucking download and print off a map online. I guess that's the modern solution for sure. Yeah. The old solution would be like get a pen and a piece of paper out. I'm not going to draw the fucking map. Unlocked a core memory for me. So yeah. uh, when I was a kid and uh, my parents uh, split up, and my mom got with my stepdad. I inherited like a lot of video games from him. Like he gave me just like Super Nintendo, regular Nintendo, and just like boxes of games. So I had like. I I could list off games forever. Like, it was just like, holy shit. Like, games that I never... Like, I had, like, a handful of Super Nintendo games, and we didn't even have an NES at that point. We only had a Super Nintendo. And, like, all of a sudden, I had an NES, Super Nintendo, and I had, like, just a shitload of games. I remember I had a box of just NES controllers. What's in the box? It was a, like, a large, pretty good-sized box, and it was just a tangled nest of NES controllers. It was crazy. 
because well, I mean, he owned a video there was store. Probably some of them that had problems or something. No, they all worked. Okay. So okay. whenever mine would go to shit, I would just grab another one out of the box. Yeah, but uh, yeah. They, so he had a um, he had a video store, and like whenever the video store, he didn't give you any of the dirty movies. He just gave you all the any. No, he, shit? he kept all the dirty movies, of course. Oh, what an asshole! Yeah, of course. I mean, he's you know he's a responsible adult. I was a ten year old child. Yeah, it doesn't mean you weren't touching your pecker. But I was ten. I don't. No, I wasn't then. Not huh. at ten. Okay, you were touching your pecker at ten. Probably. 10 I don't. I don't recall. More exactly. than likely, I was like into fucking toys and shit then, man. I like remember I was, like and that was what's kind of great about it is like all of a sudden I had all these like cool toys he would like get like he had all these like models like Star Trek models and like I had a uh, like you know like a model like it was like a model of like the Starship Enterprise yeah I know what you're talking he, about like, put together but yeah that's that's Star Trek yeah well there's Star Trek and then I also had a Millennium Falcon one yeah that was like the the bigger Millennium Falcon that you've seen that like the top comes off and you can see inside of it I had that shit man well, good for you yeah I'm proud of you so I mean anyway. it was cool it was neat, but I just unlocked the core. The core memory was that, uh, so his, yes. his ex-wife like had made maps for all of these NES games. She like drew them out on yeah, graph paper like on or graph some paper, shit. Straight yeah. up on graph paper. I probably have some graph paper somewhere from fucking like fifth grade or sixth grade or seventh grade that I never fucking used. Sounds about right. Yeah. I bet I have some somewhere. But I'm not going to sit down and draw all these fucking maps. I'm not, you know, I don't have that much time. I'd just rather print one off online and fucking be like, all right, cool. They probably even have them like, I wouldn't do that because that would be. You don't have to do that. You have an iPhone. You're telling me there's not a little doodle pad on the iPhone? You could. You could just bust yeah, it out. I've, and just I've, got, I've got a fucking iPad with the Apple Pencil, so I could do that. But I'm you not, could, like, you could literally just take a picture yeah, of screenshot the screenshot it. it and then just write on it. Yeah. Just take a picture of the map and just be like, this is this. And this I'm glad we troubleshoot shot that. Maybe that's what I'll do for that. That sounds on. like a cool move, man. Yeah. It's the future. Why not? The future. I if you had the Apple Vision Pro. Sometimes you just forget that you're You could just be wearing it while playing the game. Yeah. Sometimes then, you just forget you're living in the future. I do it all the time. Really oh, yeah. Do. I can do that. We do that all the time. Yeah. Like, we will sit here and debate something and be like, I don't know. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's that. And then it's like, yeah, you have a fucking computer, like, in your lap right now. That's yeah, pretty rad. You just touch it, and then it's like, what do you need? Yeah, but the Apple Vision Pro, though. Yeah, the Apple Vision Pro is pretty crazy. Mm. So you, you're you into it. I'm into it, man. I like, just, I want to see where it's going. I don't know if yeah. I'm going to buy in, like, right now. Well, no. Obviously, no I don't I'm have the in. money. There's no way I'm buying in right now. But if I had the money right now, it'd be a really tough decision for there's me. There's no way I could justify spending $3,500 on oh, a I single could, fucking, I could like, novelty it. purchase. I could justify it, for sure. Yeah, I just couldn't. I just couldn't do that. I would I would definitely use it. If I were like, if it was like, if I was using, like you were talking about before, like if I genuinely made my living off of editing video yeah, and I used like Final Cut or whatever and it could, and it could, it could improve my workflow. Yeah, I would spend Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But for me, it would just be like, oh, I've got a TV in my bathroom. I've got a TV in the kitchen. I've got a TV in the living room. I've got, you know, it's TVs like that everywhere. meme, you know? Where am I going to shit today? I guess I'm shitting on top of Mount Everest. Yeah, no, that would be great. Yeah, It'd be pretty rad. Yeah, I wouldn't be sitting there scrolling through Facebook. I'd just be looking around, be like, oh man. Yeah, I'm really. I would like. I would so like to throw those things that. Okay, so we're, since we're on the subject already, but uh, now that I have a PlayStation VR two, now yeah, like and seeing the fidelity that it has, 
Mm-hmm. Like if the Vision Pro has better fidelity than that. That's what they say. I wouldn't know because I haven't had one on my head. That sounds pretty amazing. But the PSVR 2 does look badass. It looks like, amazing. Yeah, p- playing fucking Resident Evil 8. Yeah, no, I saw it. Yeah, yeah I was, saw it. That was... I don't want to say mind blowing, but I was I was pretty mind blowing, man. I think that's a fair a fair thing to say. I don't say. want to say mind blowing, but I, I do want to say that like I was very impressed with the textures and the models and like just just how fucking crisp everything fucking looked. Yeah, like, made me not want to pay rent. Yeah, I just wanted to go buy a PSVR two right then. I was like, fuck, I don't need I don't even need anywhere to live. I can just steal fucking electricity from somewhere. Just find a place. Hey, man, you got a place I can plug in my PS5 yeah, real quick? It'll be tight. So all you need is one plug. It's just for the PS5. It runs yeah. powers off the damn thing. Yeah. It's perfect, man. Well, I got to have the TV, too. You know, it's amazing to me because, like, you know, you go to these reviews of people talking about the PSVR, too, and then they, like, talk all this shit about, like, well, it's got this, you know, it's got <clears> the cable. It's not a wireless experience. And it's like, but but look at it. I mean, look at the fidelity I mean, that if, you're getting if out If you of. have the MetaQuest and you want to play anything like from Steam, you have to tether that as well. Exactly. So, like, shut the fuck up. Exactly. There's that. Well, the, the argument that they would make is that there is a wireless mode. You can do like the wire, I think it's like oh, Wi-Fi yeah, you 6 set mode up, or yeah, whatever. Oh, yeah, you set up the Wi-Fi and shit. But, I don't know how good it is. I'm sure there's latency involved. Like, there's, yeah, I don't if know you want a, experience a pure fucking streamlined experience, you're going to have to tether it. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And the other thing too is like, um, you know, there's a a Linus Tech Tips video where they go over like they compare the PSVR two to like the it was the MetaQuest two at the time, but they were just talking about in order to set up like a gaming rig that you can do VR. One, it requires a pretty beefy PC to do yeah. to be able to do VR and PC, and then also like to set it up. It like they said it took them like an hour. To set it up, whereas like the PSVR two, you plug the fucking cable in, plug you put and it on, play. you turn it on, it vibrates. You're like, oh, it's on. You put it on, and then the screen pops up, and it's like, make sure your controller's on. And you're like, oh shit! And then it has the pass through on automatically. So you're just like, oh, yeah. where's the controller? You bumble fuck your way around. I will say that it's interesting to like I've never experienced pass through mode before, and like to feel like that latency because it does have latency it's yeah, not it's perfect there. it's not an apple yeah. vision pro or whatever yeah but it's like it is disorienting like it's like when you go to grab you're like whoa like it can make you a little bit woozy i will say like the pass-through seemed a little better on the MetaQuest too but maybe i just haven't played it in a while so i don't it just seemed like a little better yeah it very well might be i'm not sure i'd have to i'd have to try it again to to like confirm that but i think yeah. it seemed just like a little better yeah you should bring it over I almost did today, but you should have. I'd I was in, I was in a out. hurry, but I can. Bring I'd really it. like to do my own comparisons. I've had one on at work, and I tried it out, and I remember being like, "I have a big head." I've always yeah. been known as fat head. A lot of people have called me that for a long time. It's a pretty big fucking head, dude. But uh, and so when the focal range is kind of an issue for me on the MetaQuest, I remember it being very narrow for me because it's very small. Yeah, I don't, whereas I don't, the PSVR two, it's very, it's much wider, and you can uh, manually adjust the focal, the yeah. length or the the width the distance the between yes. your eyes. Yes. It's good stuff. I love it. Yeah, dude, I'm, I've been loving the PSVR two. Thanks for buying it and allowing me to to try it out because otherwise I wouldn't have been able to experience Resident Evil eight because that that is amazing and i don't know if that is an experience you can get on any other vr headset right now maybe no. like the htz htc no there's no, no pc version of it yeah and then and then forza was awesome was well, not forza excuse me fucking gran GT turismo 7. yeah 
awesome. You yeah. mean like, I mean, just to be fair, like you're talking, you're gushing about eight. You played that for what thirty minutes? No, it was like an hour. It wasn't quite. Well, you you have to, you have the timer. Yeah, you have it was, that video. It was around an hour. It was an hour, around an hour. But you didn't do much. No, I didn't. You do played much, through the intro, I was fucking crawling, and then you the crawled intro. through the intro, and then yeah. you got scared the shit out of, it and you got your ass kicked by the. Yeah, first that's all wave. I needed to get me. Yeah, hurt. no, yeah, that's what I'm saying. But to but the but my point is that you're gushing about that. You played it for about an hour. Fair enough. You played Gran Turismo Seven for multiple hours. Because you couldn't stop, you could. Just, you were just convinced that you could beat this race. I was, and you were just so dug in. I like, got and, so fucking and close like, so let's many just, times. okay, let's let's talk about this because this is something. This is important. We're talking about the difference between regular two D gaming or flat gaming, as they as the VR folks call it, yeah, and virtual reality gaming. Are you have you ever been interested in Gran Turismo? Uh, yeah, I've been interested, and I didn't really care to play it. Like, would it be fair to say? Because this is my opinion. Would it be fair to say that you were more intrigued by the idea of Gran Turismo, but something about it in practice, being that it's so simulation, it just makes it not very fun. Yeah, I'd rather play it in VR for sure. Well, like, removing the VR from it, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah, just like I from probably before. wouldn't. Here, play we're it. talking about Gran Turismo 7. I'm aware. 7. It's I know the what seventh we're talking one. about. And I mean, really, it's like the eighth because I think that they skip because six. What we're, what we're asking here is how many Gran Turismos have I played? And I, the only other one I played was on the PSVR. Oh, you played the. The sport or whatever. I'm assuming that's what it was. Yeah, the one on the yeah, because it was yeah, and that one's not even a numbered GT. Yeah, it was fun. It's fun, but I, I didn't. The one in VR experience on that too was very limited. Remember, you could drive the track and you could have like one other car. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, and so it was kind of limited. There's other ones like, and and you could tell what it was. It was the 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 capability of rendering all of those cars, like because there's games like Dirt Rally, mm-hmm. that's a rally racing car game, and it's it was pretty fucking fun, but it was more full. It was full featured. It was, uh, I think it was just Dirt Rally VR, but it was like the full game in VR. Whereas, you know, like I, we were saying, GT Sport was just like a demo. You yeah. You could just race like one. I don't even know. You could do different cars, but I don't think you could race all the cars. I don't, I don't quite recall. Uh, dude playing GT7, watching, like I said, with you, like you were, you were in it for hours. Like you couldn't, you couldn't. I would say that I would much rather experience that with like the full, like racing steering wheel, and, and the fact that that's an option is that you could take it up that that yeah the steering level, wheel, like, the stick shifts, the pedals, man. Yeah, no, I would it would fucking master that game. It would be amazing. That would be incredible. I would be in the next Gran Turismo movie. Right, you would be the sequel. Yeah, I would be in like the, oh well after sequel. we made the movie and the VR mode, this is the sequel. Yeah. Gran Turismo 2 Virtual Reality. Starring Nathan Yell. Yep. Well, I probably wouldn't be starring it. I'd probably be like one of the B-rolls or C-rolls that like on the opposing team. Right. Just standing in yeah. the back, not talking. Yeah. Try not to fuck up. Just the, racing. The, try not to fuck with the principal's eye line. Yeah. You got... Well, I've got the VR I'm thinking who's going to play you. Yeah, it'd be me. Know. I'd play it. They get Conor McGregor to play you? No. No, it'd probably be that. You know, fuck. Connor, he's he's acting now. That's why I made that joke. Well, I get it. Yeah. But why would Connor McGregor play me? Because he's, he's Irish. Irish. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly why. That's the only reason. They'd probably why. have like the the kid. The last name's Yell. That's yeah. Irish as fuck. Is Yell? So, is Yell an Irish name? It could be. You need to come up with a fake Irish like, name. No, we'll just keep it at Yell. But yeah. No, I'm trying to think who would play you. Oh, of course. Oh, who's that? Uh, fucking um. Why well, can't I think of his name? 
Mario. Oh, fucking. <laughs> now I can't think of his name. You just. That's how it happens. You just gave me amnesia, bro. That's how it happens, man. Chris Pratt. Yes, Chris Pratt. I knew it was Chris something. There's too many fucking Chris's. Yeah, there's Chris's, a lot man. of fucking Chris's out there. So many fucking Chris's. In fact, uh, yeah, there's a lot of Chris's out there. I there's a lot. Yeah, I was going to go on a tangent because there's a, there's a cat that came into Riley's a lot, and for whatever reason, all this Chris talk has made me forget his last name off the top of my head. But last time I ran into him, he was talking about wanting to listen to the podcast, or at least he was going to try or something to that effect. I don't know. We'll see if he actually listens. And then he'll be like, dude, you couldn't remember my last name? I'm like, dude, sorry, man. Sometimes you just forget shit. But what's crazy is that I didn't expect Beat Saber to be that fun. Now, yeah, I understand that. I like, dude, blah, blah, blah. You. Okay, you could have told me shit, but the fact is, is I don't think it would have been the same experience for me had I not experienced it in the PlayStation VR 2. Oh, no, no, no. It's not that much different. It's It felt that much different. It's not that much different. Here's what I'm going to say. This is just goes for VR in general. I could talk about how badass it is all day. I literally could because I love VR. I haven't, like, experienced VR enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think to be called, like, a noted professional. Well, just on that subject, what... So you've played Beat Saber, obviously. Before. Right, but let me finish my, my, my shit here. Yeah, I mean, fuck but your thought, but go all ahead. All I'm fucking saying is I can tell you how badass it is all day, but until you actually put it on, get it all dialed in and try it for yourself, you just, you're not going to know. Yeah, I guess, but I've experienced you, it. That's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. And I'm glad you have. Okay. But Beat Sabers, for me, outside of like... <laughs> The controlling being a lot more smooth on the PSVR 2. Like, it's yeah. not that much different. See, I'm interested that you say that because I haven't heard that from other people. It's not that much different, I don't feel like, for the Oculus. Or, I'm sorry, the MetaQuest. Yeah. It's still fun as fuck. Yeah, I guess the, the resolution difference is big for me. And, like, so I know that the MetaQuest 2's resolution is similar. Like, the PlayStation VR 1 visual experience is, is known to be better than the MetaQuest 2, from my understanding. But the controls are obviously dog shit. And that's why I never, never bothered playing Beat Saber with it, because it was just like... No, dude, it's not, it's not that not bad. It's awesome. It's not that bad. On I'm what? Telling you. I'm talking about... What do you, On the MetaQuest 2. Are you listening to me? I am listening to you. You said okay. the controls. No. What did you say then? I was talking about the PlayStation VR one. Oh, controls. Well, then that's the okay, part. Okay, so I you missed. weren't listening. I was okay. listening. All right, fucker. All right, I was just confused. Okay, we'll slow it down for a second. You'll hear what I'm trying to say. Is that I never bothered playing Beat Saber one because I had the PlayStation VR one. I didn't know it was on the VR one. It was, but it had the shitty move controllers. Yeah, I wouldn't. Have and so that that's why I wasn't really interested in it. But I was saying is that the visual experience of the PlayStation VR is supposedly better overall as far as the and as well as the comfort of the playstation vr1 is apparently far more comfortable than the metaquest one and i feel that that's true but i've also heard metaquest two or the two or whatever but i've heard that um getting a battery pack because it goes on the back yeah i hear that that's good to help the balance it helps with the quest two now we could ask tim shady he's got he's got he that a battery whole setup. yeah because yeah. i hear that that helps a lot and i also hear that getting a top strap for the psvr2 helps a lot but i don't know if that would really help me or not i I like the way it works. The top strap? Yeah. I mean, I'm, t I'm just talking about on the PSVR too. Yeah, but they say that you can get like a mod for it with the better like headband part that feels way better. We'll find out, I guess. That was the first point. suggestion. It's not even that heavy though. Well, it's not the weight. It's just the comfort of the band around your head. 
There's I, a lot I of don't people, have a problem with the comfort. A lot of people apparently have a problem with that. They I feel like it's not very comfortable. But I feel like the ones that have all the weight on the front, like the things actually, the weight is actually attached, just like kind of strapped to your face. I feel like that's more uncomfortable for me. Well, I, I would say that that's a lot more uncomfortable for sure. But I will say though, but based on my experience with the PlayStation VR 1, the visual experience of the PlayStation VR 1, if it, if, and if I remember correctly, because I've played a MetaQuest 2, just not very long, like the visual experience is very similar to what I remember the PlayStation VR. I would say they were, yeah, I would, I would say they're pretty similar, yeah, from what I remember. And the jump from that to the PSVR 2 is like light years ahead for me. I don't oh, know if it's yeah. just me personally. It's just, it's just that much of a difference that I just, it's like night and fucking day for me. When I went from being like, VR's cool to like, holy fuck, I love it. Like, I love it. When playing the PSVR 1, I always felt like, yeah, I'm just kind of like in like a TV screen. Fair enough. I guess, yeah. I didn't really feel that way. Like, well, what I'm saying is, by by the, I'm like, because I'm looking at it, it looks like I would look at a TV screen, except for you're in 360, right? Okay. But with the PSVR 2 and playing Resident Evil 8, it wasn't that experience at all. I, I can see what you're talking about because you have the controls or you're just talking about the visuals. Just it. the visuals. Interesting. Because, I mean, like the VR1, it had the stereoscopicness of it. Like somebody walked up to you. It felt like they were there. But the resolution, I think, was part of it. Yeah, too. no, the resolution. See, that's what I don't know is that I've never experienced the PlayStation VR1 on a base PS4. And I like that is a known fact that the PSVR is dramatically improved by the PlayStation 4 Pro. Like that's the thing. A lot of people would argue like that kind of fixed it. In my opinion, it still had shortcomings, even in that form. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with it, but I, honestly, I didn't. I didn't play it a whole lot. Like I played Trover Saves the Universe. I yeah, I played that, that a that lot. I awesome. didn't beat it, but I got pretty far. And I, I enjoyed every minute of that. And I played. Yeah. I played. I would little, love to play a port of that. That would be amazing. I played a little bit of Moss. Yeah, I bought that. It and, was on uh, sale. I played the Tetris Effect. Yeah, that was pretty incredible. And, like, that's one of those experiences that, like, in the PlayStation VR, it's, like, perfect. Because you're not worrying about the control sucking. It's more about, like, focusing on the Tetris board. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about losing that sweet spot very easily. Because another thing that this might be a huge factor for me is, again, I have a wide head. And I have a hard time with those. Like, the sweet spot is really hard for me to find because my eyes are wider apart than most. But you're not having these issues with the PSVR 2. Because of the manual focus thing. Yeah. It changes the fucking game for me. So that's like I'm saying. So your your eyes aren't the best either. Is that that correct? I mean, they're not bad. They're not bad, bad. I mean, they're not like, I don't have like 20-20 vision. I'm nearsighted, but but like not that badly. I don't work. But if you had like prescription lenses in the PSVR 2, do you think that would enhance your experience? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think it would a little bit, obviously. Because it would make like distant objects a little bit sharper, but as far as like the issue of the sweet spot and all those things, like no, I don't think that would have an effect at all. I genuinely think it has a lot to do with the fact that my eyes are wider apart, and then being able to just move that lens out just a little bit, it's like it makes it perfect. And then I just push it like I I cram that fucking lens as close to my face now. Yeah, that's what I've been doing a lot. It helps a lot. I love it. Yeah, at first I was kind of like not going all the way up to my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, but now I'm just like, I get as close as physically possible and it really expands that field of view. And it's just like, you don't have to worry about the sweet spot near as much. That's fair. 
let's get back to let's get back to my experiences on the PSVR two. Okay, you're going back to we back to Resident Evil. No, I'm saying I played Resident Evil. Okay, and we did the Gran Turismo seven. Yeah, you did. We touched on the Gran Turismo. The other game I played was Synapse. Is that what it is? Synapse. Synapse. Yeah, which was what I was playing when you got here. Yeah, that game was fun as hell too. It's pretty crazy, right? Yeah. Here's something that I didn't realize until I was playing it earlier. You know, I was talking about you know you can grab the rock and you can build down all that. You can climb fucking any wall in the game. You can any wall. Any wall. You just walk up you to Spider Man. That, that shit. shit. Yep. You just climb right up that shit. Hmm. Interesting. Because I was like down on that beach and I was like, oh, there's a wall up here and there's people above me. I was like, man, I'll just climb up this wall. And I'm just like climbed all the way up that son of a bitch. I'm just like coming. Skirt, skirt. It's fucking great. All right, man. It's I'll, so fucking fun, dude. I'll give it a little more time. Yeah, I, no. I enjoyed it, but I felt like my my overall like experience that I really enjoyed was the Resident Evil. Like, everything just looked so good in there. Yeah, no, the graphics and the immersion. And, I mean, I would say that Synapse has a really good art style. Like, it's very cohesive. Like, the rocks and everything look really good. Yeah. It's got that monochromatic thing going on, and that's kind of a little weird, but then it helps with the... the, the I'm just saying, I like thing. I would like to spend more time in it at some point. With Resident Evil 8? No, Synapse? with Synapse. Because that's my issue with Resident Evil 8, is that I don't really know how much time I want to spend in there. Oh, well, I definitely... it scares the shit out of me. It's not like scaring the shit out of me. Oh, it scared the shit out of me, dude. Yeah. It really fucked me up. But that's, I want to get more into that as well, though. Yeah. I feel like that whenever I get my PSVR 2, no matter what, that's, that's, the, I think that might be the first. I might do Resident Evil 4 first. Yeah. Oh, from what I, I hear, like the, the better, the better game, like in VR, is Resident Evil 8. But I know, then, that's why I would do 4 first. Yeah, that's the argument they say to do that. And that would also get me more well acquainted with like just being in the VR. Like, cause you have to load and unload the guns in Resident Evil 4 as well. Is that correct? I would think so. I think I would assume as much. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would fucking become more accustomed to it by playing Resident Evil 4. And then when I go into 8, I probably wouldn't have that. I wouldn't be stumbling so much. I'd be more. Yeah. I mean, dude, honestly, just me spending time in Synapse makes me feel like I could probably go back and be a lot better in Resident Evil 8. Because just in that game, it's a little different. I can't remember. In Resident Evil, do you have to eject the clip? Or you just grab the clip and then you put it in? No, you press triangle to eject Okay, yeah, the clip. see, that's what you do in Synapse, except for you don't have to reach down and grab the clip. You hit triangle, it drops the clip, and then you just have to push it back in. Yeah, so you don't have to go grab so it. So you don't have to grab it. But I'm still getting really good at like that. Like I'm constantly triangle clip, like reloading. And so if I could just get used to the the muscle memory of reaching down, grabbing it, breaking it up, you know, loading it, and like I'll probably but that's just the pistol. That's right. Yeah. And then it becomes the whole like rifle, like pulling yeah, the bolt back. Shotgun and, like, that and the shit. rifle. The shotgun I kinda got decent with because it's just cock it. And then grab the bullets, and then you just put them in the bottom. Are you grabbing each individual shell? You, you or just don't have one? to. Like I just grab it, and then keep twisting your wrist, and you'll keep just throwing bullets in. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. See, that's yeah. that's a lot better than what I was doing. Yeah, I, was I mean, to grab, and again, like, like individual what bullet. I, we saw on the thing. There's a way you can just make it where you hit triangle and it reloads. Yeah, you don't have to thing. do the reload thing. But I would rather play it. Yeah, really like if you're gonna do it right, yes. you know, do it, do it right. You know, even even before like the PSVR one came out, like I. I think I was playing a lot of Call of Duty Black Ops 2 at the time. Well, not like a lot, but enough. And even knowing that the PSVR was coming out, I was like, man, I can only imagine playing Call of Duty in this fucking thing, like in VR. Yeah. It's kind of like with Synapse, you know, you grab the rock to like duck up yeah. and down and shit. Yeah. And I, um, I, could, I would imagine playing like multiplayer online Call of Duty like that. And I was like, dude, this would be so badass. 
Yeah. There's, I mean, there are games like that. I'm not a big, like, competitive online shooter type. But you've I'm got, not big in it either, but it's but you've got fun. Like, well, I, mean, I know. I'm just saying that's why I haven't pulled the trigger on any of those games yet. Ha, ha, ha. He said that. pulled the trigger. Um, there are there are a few of the those games. I just haven't done it because, but uh, there's like Pavlov. There's um, that Crossfire game that are, you know, the Crossfire I would say is closer to like a Call of Duty. Pavlov is like closer to like a Counter Strike. It's yeah. more tactical. And then there are there are other like space shooters. There's a lot of those. There's a fuckload of zombie games. That's what there's a lot of. So you're saying I need to try the Resident Evil ones because they're on the MetaQuest? No. Resident Evil is not oh, on that's, the Oh, I didn't mean Resident Evil. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, Resident the, Evil 4 is on the MetaQuest, though. That's the original. Right. Oh, I, I know. Yeah. I know. Not the remake. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm aware. Okay. I'm just letting you know. Just, I'm not letting you know, letting the audience know. Yeah, I meant Walking Dead is what yeah, I meant. The Saints and Sinners. Yeah. Yeah. Both it and the sequel are both on MetaQuest too. I don't know how good of ports they are. Yes, we'll find out. I mean, I can't imagine they're that bad. But I mean, I hear they're like, you know, these are like the top tier. Because uh, apparently, I haven't played it yet, but it's like, it's a, you know, Walking Dead survival gra- crafting game where you go out scavenge there's like there's there's quests that you can get from people you meet people they give you quests there's a storyline but then also you can like go and scrounge the streets for like supplies to make weapons to craft things because your weapons have degradation you know degradation and stuff and so you gotta like go out get all the stuff you need kill zombies get your stuff and then the idea is like they they equated that in one of the reviews that i'd seen that they equated that to like grinding like you go out and just scavenge the city because it's like a big ass city and just dig through shit and find scrap stuff and that's how you get like. I'll gear. give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. Yeah, but it's like very like you know you got a map and like everything is physical. Like apparently you just reach behind and grab your backpack and then it'll like have all your items in the backpack and you just grab what you want out of it and then put it back on your back. Everything is like everything that you interact with in the game is is a virtual reality interactive thing. There's like no mm-hmm. real menus. Which I thought that was cool. Like, if you bring out your map, you just, like, you hold your map out. Which... That way, if something runs up on you, you can That's just, the like, shit sh- that, like... That's the shit that, like, <laughs> Synapse has kind of got my head into as well, is because in that game, you hold your right hand, like, up, like, your palm up, and it brings your map. And that's how you can see where the enemies are, and then it shows your health. And, like, having that, and, like, so you're constantly doing that, and just training myself to do shit like that in VR is, like, the weird... The weird things that they talk about when they when people play VR and they get in the real world and they're like, why can't I do this? Like, why can't I just turn my hand and look at the map of the world? I need to look at it. Well, I'd say that's probably another thing that makes people apprehensive of even investing in VR. Like the average person, like people who aren't like really into it, like us, you know? Yeah. But that's just the, the learning curve. It's well, just I mean, like, yeah, that's that's the case with everything. People don't want to feel stupid when they first like do something you know yeah and i mean well there's also all of the all the things that come with vr and that like and this is a this is a huge thing a problem i feel like has been mitigated a lot in the psvr too and maybe it's the software that people are developing software in a way that it's not it's so susceptible to giving you fucking motion sickness but there's like that my first the first the, the first psvr that i got i got off a guy off craig's or off of um marketplace because it was making him sick and he just gave up 
He's like, dude, I tried, I tried. He's like, I just can't do it. And he's like, I'm. He's like, he was really disappointed about it because he wanted to play VR. He was like, I loved it, but I just, I couldn't be in there for fucking fifteen minutes without getting sick. And I'm like, that sucks. That does suck. I hope to God it's not that bad. And when I got home and I played it, like I had a like, it took me a while to be able to play it for extended sessions. And I don't know if I just have my VR legs, as they call it now, and I'm better off with the VR too. But I feel like. I can go into any game and like run around fast, zip around, like turn fast, and it doesn't bother me. That being said, though, I tried a demo of this game that was a very, it was the Pixel Ripped 1978, and I had that on smooth motion, and it immediately like almost made me sick. So I think it's a software thing. I think they're getting better. Well, surely they are. Where it doesn't because obviously these are complaints that they've heard. Well, they know these are things. Yeah, it's just like uh, you know any any other like common thing in gaming that we have like remember it was till the xbox the original xbox that we got the matter the modern first person fucking shooter controls well i guess it was technically alien versus predator is what they say and that was on the ps2 but having like the left trigger right tr- you know what i mean like what we know as modern first person shooter yeah controls it's not like golden joysticks and all that no it wasn't anything like that GoldenEye was a janky fucking mess when it came to first person shooters we just worked with a bungee like they fixed it. They well, it wasn't again. Again, like they weren't the first. Fair Technically, enough. there was an Alien versus Predator game that has that control scheme, but they popularized it to make it the standard. Like absolutely. And so these are the things. These are the texts. It's just like finding like shooter shooting sweet spots and like how to make it where when you shoot a gun in a game that feels just right. Like that takes time, and like once you have that, like that's like it's like Colonel Sanders' secret recipe. You know what I mean? They like lock that code up in a box, and they're like, "That's our." That's our, it's the fucking God of War. I don't uh, even like chaos physics shit. You know what I mean? Like it's things that they figure out. And then like you, you, that, that, that's valuable, you know? I heard. But yeah. So what else about your experience? I, I don't really have much more to go off of. Like <clears throat> I, I just, the biggest I thing, the biggest thing for me is, am I going to be able, once I get like, in into vr am i going to be able to just go back and play a flat game i'm about to find out because the biggest game of the year for me probably is about to come out in like a week which game was that final fantasy 7 Rebirth, oh which yeah we're gonna go into later it's one of yeah. our topics but yeah i'm gonna have to i've been i've been per, but here's the thing here's this is how fucking stupid did you this is. did you play the demo yes okay we'll get into that later um the playing that i've played that game in the vr just in the the theater the cinematic oh yeah and like that's another huge thing about the vr too that just blowing my fucking mind is that because you know it's an oled and it's it's not full 4k but it's it is the resolution of 4k without being the aspect ratio because they do do they use the eye features where it just like well that's the foveated rendering thing i'm not sure about that i'm talking about the actual the the actual resolution of the lens it's not actually full 4K, but it's because the field of view is different. Like the the it, the high, it's like it's taller than it is wide. You know what I mean? So it's a weird aspect ratio, but it's the same resolution as 4K. It's just not the same aspect ratio as a 4K screen. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Okay. Well, playing like watching 
that we're playing that game in native 4k like on that again it's oled and so it's got the good like oled blacks and all that it's not quite but it's it's like playing the game in a fucking oled theater you know and i mean i have a 58 inch tv but it's not nine feet which is i think the the height i would say that's probably about the width did you 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 checked it out i checked it out yeah because i watched oppenheimer yeah and that was about nine feet i would say probably yeah Say it was a good, safe nine feet, but yeah, it's crazy. And it looked great. Oppenheimer looked great, right? It looked great. So yeah, I played. But I was to say, I played Final Fantasy VII in that, and I was like, this is pretty fucking cool. Like it's yeah. pretty cool. I don't know if I'll play it that way, just because you know, no VR porn though. Yeah, no VR porn. That's no 3D thing. at like at all. No 3D movie support. No no YouTube 360 video support or 3D movie or 3D film. Any any 3D support whatsoever. It's not happening. Sony needs to get on that. I feel maybe. Like I mean, oh we, I, well, you were saying they can't. Well, I've heard there's that's the, a lot of people are saying that they can't. I don't know that they're if they're full of shit or not. I don't know enough to know. But basically, the idea is that because of the resolution difference, because of not being native resolution, the 3D would have like artifacting because they only have 1080p 3D. Yeah, they're not they're not Blu-rays. mastered in 4K. Yeah. But what I had heard, and I don't know if this is a fact or not either, but I'm pretty sure I, I saw a video or read somewhere that the the Apple Vision Pro does support 3D and it is in 4K. Yeah. So, so hopefully, yeah. This is all just becoming a future thing. It will hope. I hope so. I really, man, I really hope that Sony I'm supports I'm upset damn that thing. I can't, like, watch the Apple Vision Pro movies in it. Yeah, I want to watch the fucking, uh, and this is something that you could probably do in your MetaQuest too. I don't know how good the experience would be, but watching the uh, Robert Rodriguez film. Oh, yeah, I forgot I was supposed to look for that. Yeah, it's like a short film. It's like a half hour long film. I'm pretty sure it has Michelle Rodriguez in it. No, I, re- I remember when it came out because I was wanting to watch it. Yeah, and I never, for some reason I forgot about it. I never really had the ability. Well, I, I probably could have pulled it off on my PlayStation VR 1 because you could watch like, 360 video files or whatever i just never could figure out where to purchase the damn thing or watch it another game that i played on the playstation vr2 is this red matter Mm -hmm. and i played it because you know i'm looking scouring the internet for all these different reviews for playstation vr games red matter 2 popped up as like the game to play because it's 120 fps and it's full resolution and it looks beautiful but i'm like well what about the first one because they ported it for the psvr2 and apparently it was just as good. Well, as far as like, you know, not the, the visual spectacle that the second one was because it was built from the ground up for modern VR hardware. I don't know if it's on other platforms or not. I don't know why it wouldn't be. I would assume that it is. But uh, it's the Red, uh, Red Matter 1 is fucking great. Like, it's really good. Like, it's to when you're when you're doing because you're, you're like on a space station, it's like some. I think it's Russian or something like that, but you're exploring it and like you were picking up the pieces of what happened. I can't tell you what the frame rate is, but well, it is probably very not sharp. 120. It very well could be though, because they did port it. They did rebuild it. They said for the PSVR two, and so I would assume that the first one they could pull out just as high in resolution and frame rate as the sequel, if the sequel is you know far more amb- ambitious. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's very sharp. It's very smooth. It's fun. Like, there's um, the environment that you're in. Like, you start off, like, 
on a space station, you know, like, well, I assume the whole thing takes place within the space station, but it's very like confined and you make your way inside and there's like really, it's good environmental puzzles where you're like turning level levers to like power up things and do that kind of puzzle solving to open the door or whatever. And then like, you'll have like a piece of paper that will give you like a clue. And then it's, it's a lot of puzzles like that. There's no combat or anything like that. It's very much a first person classic point and click adventure games. You have the ability to, um, do your booster pack which is like the way you know like a lot of vr games will do like the teleport system where you like you have the teleporter and then you just kind of point where you want to go and yeah. then warp you to it it incorporates that it has the full smooth regular motion that you can do that but also if you push up on the joystick the right joystick it will bring up your little circle thing that you can warp to places but it, you have a booster pack like a thruster booster pack and so you'll fly and so that's how you can do the platforming and so you'll see, like, you'll go into a room and you'll see a platform above you and then you can warp to that one and then you can warp to this one and you're like going back and forth and just kind of, not warping, but boosting, mm-hmm. flying around and stuff. And you're just like going over here to solve this puzzle. And this it's really good stuff. It's like there's like different puzzles and so you're you're flying from this side of the room to the other side of the room to do this other part of the puzzle. And it's very good stuff. And the graphics, like I said, are really impressive. Like you'll walk up to like a door in the glass you can see like scratches in the glass and the glass looks like really well rendered. It's not like low resolution, like the, the experiences that I had with the PSVR one, you know, it's, it's fucking epic. I loved it. I played that quite a bit this morning for probably a good hour, hour and a half. Yeah. I almost played Beat Saber this morning, but I didn't wake up at the intended hour that I wanted to wake up. So I was going to play Beat Saber, but I feel like I've been going pretty hard on Beat Saber. There's no such thing. You got to, yeah, no, I enjoy it. It's just play it every day. And well, that was the idea is that I'm going to play it every day, but it's, I've just, I woke up and I was like, I need to try this. I didn't even try Red Matter yet. I bought it like two days ago. I hadn't even tried it yet because I've been trying everything. I mean, there's a bunch of other stuff that I have tried. I've tried, there's the Townsman VR thing. I got the trial for that. There's like an hour long trial. I think it might be required that you're like a PlayStation Plus uh, extra uh, subscriber, maybe. Well, that's one thing I saw the other day that I don't think I put on our dock, but I guess they're doing some kind of promotion right now where you can get a year of the PlayStation Extra. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the first tier. Yeah. The, well, the there's Essential, tier. and then there's the second. Yeah, the yeah second. the second tier. Yeah. So you can get that for the price of Essential right now. Nice. Nice. I've been locked in a monthly thing for a while. I'm too stupid to just buy the annual because I don't want Well, that's what I'm saying. You can just cancel your... Well, you have probably the top tier, don't you? Yeah, I have premium. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that might be where the trials are. I'm not sure. They have. I, I have no idea. I would have to look at the tier shit. That's why I just got the premium. I got the premium because I wanted to play the PS1 games, which there have been some that I've enjoyed. Like, I've played Wild Arms. I love Wild Arms classic uh, wild arms 2 i didn't really get into on there yet but I, I planned on it but dragon legend of dragoons on there i played that on there i haven't beat it yet but i've played a few a few hours of it and then there's like ape escape games and then there's uh all the siphon filter games are on there um they have the first resident evil that was that was the first one that's the first i think the first and only ps1 game i beat on there is i beat the original resident evil Oh yeah, it's original Resident Evil director's cut actually, so it's not really mm-hmm. technically the original. The original came out on the Sega Saturn, and then the director's cut came out on the PS One, and that's where I first experienced. I've never played the original. I didn't know that's how it transpired. I thought the original was on the PS One. 
I do remember whenever the Saturn came out that a lot of games were on the Saturn that were also on the PS1, but I don't know if there was a gap in between or what. No, there was just, I mean, the Saturn came out before the PS1, obviously. And so there were just, whenever the PS1 came along, it Sony went out and paid all these third parties to develop for their platform, man, and somehow got their fucking foot in the door, man. I didn't give a shit about a PS1 until I went over to a friend's house and their dad happened to be a big PlayStation 1 guy and they I was just like, I had no idea. I had seen it in magazines and shit and seen it like with some sports games and be like, okay. And then I, I think I might have played like a racing game at a dude's house one time, but then when I discovered like that's where all like the big JRPGs and things that I liked were at because mm-hmm. the 64 had none. There was literally like two fucking JRPGs on the entire Nintendo 64 library. And there's hundred probably on the PS1. And so that was obviously where I went. Like you couldn't expect much more. I wasn't that big of a Zelda fan. I mean, I love Zelda, but I wasn't like, I couldn't justify a whole console. That's blasphemy. I mean, dude, like, I mean, I love A Link to the Past. That's my favorite game of all time, but I don't love it like I love Ocarina of Time. I don't. Like, I like Majora's Mask a lot. I do. Were you trying to say you don't love Ocarina of Time the way you love Link to the Past? Yeah. Because that's not the way it came out. What do you mean? You said I don't love it like I love Ocarina of Time, which would, to me, mean that you love Ocarina of Time more than you love Link to the Past. That's how I interpreted it. But if you were to say, like, I don't have the thought, love for Ocarina of Time that I have for Link to the Past. That's um, not that's not um, how you said it, though. I don't remember how I said it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said it correctly, though. I don't think you did. We'll find out. We'll definitely find the edit out. Will, the edit will find it. I just don't... I don't understand how you didn't love Ocarina of Time. It, I don't I don't think I love it more than A Link to the Past, but they're definitely, like, neck and neck because... Yeah. I remember walking around in Toys R Us, like, because I could never buy anything, but they had the, the TV... They had the, the demo console for the Nintendo 64 on one side of the aisle, and on the opposite side, they had, like, a TV playing, like trailers for games that are coming out yeah and i remember walking by that and just hearing the fucking legend of zelda theme music and looking up and i was like man this is going to be the greatest game ever made and like every time i go to toys r us i just sit there and wait on that fucking little trailer to play yeah there's an interesting thing though because my first big game on the super nintendo was a link to the past and then i played that game a lot like a whole fucking lot. And then, you know, 100 plus games came and went where Zelda was like in the periphery. It was always that that classic, like I love that game. I could just pick it up and play it anytime and just be like, I love this game. But I guess I just didn't have those high expectations for the sequel to that because it'd been so fucking long. And then the 64 came out and Mario 64 came out and I played it and I thought it was neat. But at that time, I felt like the joystick and the 3D controls were a little obtuse for me but I didn't have a 64 to play with to get used to it. You know what I mean? I only got to play it over like my cousin's house and shit like that. And so when I saw Zelda, I remember seeing it in the demo even. I remember watching a motherfucker like, he was like, I remember him like, I think he was in the house. He was like walking around like breaking pots and shit. And I was like, this looks interesting. You can go around and just like pick up a pot and throw it. And I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. But, and then I was, it wasn't even like a, as far as like the possibility of me getting a Nintendo 64 was completely out of the question at that age and whenever it came out, because it just wasn't a thing that I got into. Like I, I was very lucky to have the Super Nintendo. It was like a, 
Christmas present that was for me and my other two brothers. So that's how they justified buying it in the game. Whereas normally it would just be like, you know, we'd all get something cheap. Yeah. But we all got one thing that was like, you know, worth, you know, value or whatever. And so I, and then at this point, my brothers didn't give two shits about video games. I was the only one that cared. So it, I was on my own when it came to video games. And so I just kind of gave up. But then uh, I was on this whole fucking PS1 kick whenever I saw the PS1 and saw what it was. And like, like I said, man, like I was like, I had so many JRPGs on the Super Nintendo that I loved, like my Final Fantasy 2 and 3 or 4 and 6 and uh, the Breath of Fire games. And then you have like fucking I never played Chrono Trigger on the original Super Nintendo, but that's like, you know, known as a masterpiece, you know. But then there's even games like Illusion of Guy and shit like that that I got into. But so my point being is that, like, again, all of these games, all of these third-party kind of type games were all coming out on the fucking PlayStation. They weren't coming out on the 64. Like, even the successor to, I didn't know it at the time, to Illusion of Guy, which is my favorite Super Nintendo game, was Grandstream Saga. And I played that game. That was the game. That, that was the first fucking game I ever got for my PS1. And I had no idea that it was literally the the next game by the dude that made my favorite game on the Super Nintendo. I had no fucking idea. But it's just it seemed very obvious that's where all the good games were. Because they had a 64 and they had a PlayStation. And there were far more fucking games for that PlayStation. Yeah, I suppose You had Metal Gear Solid. You had like the Persona series. You had fucking the Final Fantasies. Your Wild Arms. You had Legend of Ligaia. You had, and I mean, that's just, these are those Japanese RPGs. You're going to all the action games that were on that motherfucker. Like, even like, goddamn Croc or Tomba, the Tomba games. Yeah. Well, well, my first introduction to the PlayStation was, this is this back in like, can't remember if it was fifth grade or sixth grade. I want to say it was fifth grade. So my friend Joseph had the Nintendo 64 and my friend Justin got a PlayStation. Nice. So we would have, and like, you played both sides. Yeah, well, always you do the Mac thing. You're like, I'm playing both sides. Yeah. <laughs> so I always come yeah, out on top. Exactly. No, but no, but for real though, we'd have like little fucking kind of sleepover things where we'd go to somebody's you, house, and then fucking Justin would bring his PlayStation. Nice. We'd so have, you'd have the the the, the, the Nintendo the 64 there. We did a little of that. I remember doing that with the next generation. Yeah. Where everybody got their shit, and we were like, "This yeah. game looks better on that." But I've always been a Nintendo fanboy, and after playing GoldenEye, I was just like, yeah, no, life doesn't get much better than this, guys. And But also on the PlayStation, like, we had a bunch of sports games, and then, like, Road Rash, and, like, games that, I'm like, yeah, that's cool and shit. I don't even love any of those games, to be honest. No. But like Road Rash wasn't that great. This is my first introduction, so I was like, I'm I, really curious I, I could give a fuck less about a PlayStation right yeah, now. Yeah, because, I mean, dude, it took time for it to pick up Steam. Like, but then it started rolling. It was like, you know, the 64, like, you go to those games. I mean, I don't know what games were out at this time. What were you playing on the 64 at this time? Other than just GoldenEye? GoldenEye. We were playing, like, Super Mario. Okay, so you're playing Mario 64 and GoldenEye. I'm trying yeah. to think, because that was, like, it for the 64 in the beginning. And then your Zelda's come out. Yeah, they had, like, some poker game and, like... Yeah, you know, because we all love poker games. Yeah, yeah. like a golf game, probably. An NHL 98, I think. Was there nice, nice? I remember that, dude. I will. I won't. I won't sneeze at a fucking at an NHL game. I mean, I didn't hate it, but those games are fun. Like they always tend to be fun. There's some Wayne, oh, around. Wayne's Gretzky, Wayne Gretzky that, hockey. That seems like that was a very popular game. Oh, what was the? Ba- there was like Ken Griffey Junior Baseball. Yeah, 
And then, cause like the, the, I played, I think it was, um, I remember playing, there was, cause it was during this, this is so stupid. I remember this, the whole Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire era where they were racing to break like the fucking yeah, home fucking run record Jason or whatever. And shit. Yeah, obviously, obviously yeah. they were having a steroid competition, but there was a, there was a game. I want to say it was like M or a, a, a MLB 98 or whatever the fuck it was where it had like a Sammy Sosa, Mark McGrath, like. Mark home McGuire. run is that with Mark? Oh yeah, that's right. Mark McGrath's the dude from Sugar Ray, right? <laughs> but uh, no, this is Mark yes. McGuire, and they had like a little you know home run thing where you're trying to race each other in the home run thing. I just remember that being like the first baseball game I'd ever played 3D and being like, this is insane, like this is really crazy. Like, but again, I didn't have a 64, and the 64 I had like Zelda. Yeah, you, you had Zelda. Kirby's. Uh, what was the not Kirby? But there's there's definitely a Kirby game. But the uh, Lover. I didn't know, Bomberman. I didn't like any of these games. Name a game I liked. I was gonna say Beetle Racing. That game was alright. I don't even know what the fuck that is. Beetle Racing was a good racing game. It's played over at Chin's house, man. But yeah, I mean, you got like your Smash Brothers, but I never played Smash Brothers on the Smash 64. Brothers was awesome. Yeah, that wasn't until later. But I'm just saying, like, when you talk about games, it's like, yeah, like maybe twenty. Maybe twenty. You could you could Wave you name, Race. Could you name twenty good games on the Nintendo sixty four? Wave Race. So Wave okay. Cruise in USA, Cruise in the this. World. Hold on, let's gonna do this. So you got three. That was three right there after Wave Race. We'll just go and throw out the big ones. Mario sixty four. Legend of Zelda, Zelda. Majora's Mask. Mario Kart. Super Smash Brothers. Super Smash. Mario Party, everybody loved. I didn't get into it, but I didn't either. Like, but we'll count it. Yeah, there's there's a couple of those. There's like you know, three Pokemon in there. Stadium, and there's uh, yeah, Pokemon, Pokemon Stadium. We'll give them that. Pokemon Stadium. There's two Pokemon Stadiums. We'll give you two of those. Yeah, wasn't there two? That was there was was there two or three Mario Parties on the sixty four? I don't recall. I didn't say there was three. It. So now we're down. We need we need uh, seven more. Seven more. Yeah. Did you ever play Shadow Man? That game was shit. I enjoyed it. Oh, I'll count it. But well, it was, don't count that it. was a multi-platform no, game. That was it. on the Dreamcast. That was on the fucking I was PlayStation. saying I enjoyed it. I'm just trying to like you had Clay Fighters, 33 and a third. That wasn't a good game. I enjoyed it. That was a terrible game. See? I'm not counting that one. That one was don't shit. Don't count it. I'm not going to. You had Perfect Dark. Perfect Dark, I'll give you that. Everybody Oh, we didn't count Perfect Goldeneye. Dark. Yeah. We didn't put Goldeneye on there. Yeah. Okay. Five more. Five more people up. Banjo Kazooie. I didn't. Oh, Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie. I mean, we'll just go. I'll go and finish it off. Conker's Bad Fur Day, Donkey Kong sixty four. Yeah. One more. Just one more. Just one That's more. All we need one more. Man, hold on. Which ones did you just fire off? Oh fuck, dude. <laughs> if you name it, if you name one that we didn't, I'd recognize it. Well, yeah, that's why I'm, that's why I'm like really beating my head in here because like I'm like, man, there was a lot of good games. Try to just it. name them off. If we've already got them, I'll tell you. Obviously, they had the Mortal Kombat trilogy on there. Uh, that was amazing. People, that was that was on other platforms. Yeah. So, oh, we're just talking about. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about exclusive like exclusive Nintendo titles. Things that, yeah. Well, what about Paper Mario? Oh well, there you go. Yeah, got it. that was that was an easy one. That was really Paper easy. Mario. I've actually been just playing that on the Switch. There you go. 20, 20 games. 20 games yeah. on Nintendo 64. Yeah. yeah. 
They had Resident Evil fucking two on there. Resident That's Evil true. three, three never. Those came are multi-platform. Three never came out on the sixty-four. Oh, that was the GameCube, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two only. Two was the only one that came out. That yeah, was awesome. That was an amazing port. It's a, it's an incredible thing to have. I wish I still had but it. But it was multi-platform, so we can't count it. But yeah, but it is an exceptional port. I would almost count it just due to that fact because it's one of those desirable sixty-four games. But fucking like. Let's go down the PlayStation route. We'll go. We won't even. Dip, I'll even fucking. I won't even be shitty about it. I'll go give you some shitty ones though. You've got three of the greatest Final Fantasies. You got seven, eight, and nine. There's three. Uh, Legend of Lagaya, Wild Arms one and two, uh, Grand Stream Saga. We'll take Grand Stream Saga off. Maybe that's not a good game in most people's eyes. We'll be fair. Okay. Um, you got of course Ape Escape. You've got Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. Legacy of Kane Blood Omen. Uh, yeah, you haven't even mentioned You're not even helping Gear. me. You I, was, I helped you. I literally like, you, listed you half of them. You haven't you. even mentioned Metal Gear Solid. Of course. That's, that's what I'm saying. Metal Gear Solid. One and two. Well, two was on the PlayStation 2. Was it on the PlayStation 2? Yeah. I played it on Xbox. Yeah, there was a PlayStation. There was an Xbox version of it later. Yeah. Substance or whatever. Yeah. They had a Tony Hawk type. Oh, mode. you're right. It definitely wasn't on the PS1. Why am I? Oh, no. my God. It was definitely yeah. a, a next-gen game at the time. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch of others. Well, the problem we're going to have here is I didn't play a lot of PlayStation One games. Yeah, well, here's the thing. This is where it gets stupid. Like, you, you like so now we get like crazy with it. Uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone on the PS One wasn't good. So was the sequel, Chamber of Secrets. Just saying, I'm not going to count them. But those were good games. There was no 64 ports of those games, and it was a that was like that. That is what would be known as a multiplayer game. Now you would think, you think there would be a Harry Potter on the 64. Why the fuck wouldn't there be? You know. It's a weird thing. Like, there was a lot of that shit going you on. You could go Ratchet and Clank. That was a PS2 game. Ratchet and Clank was a PS2 yes, game. Yes, it was they definitely didn't have a PS2 one game. No. On the PS1? No, but you had, mentioned that they, Spyro. There's three Spyros. Yeah, Spyro, and then they had fucking Crash Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3, and then Crash Team Racing. Yeah. So now we got, like, four more? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean there's, again, there there's so many fucking games that you could list off. I mean, we'll go, okay, go down that route. You mentioned it earlier. Resident Evil 1. Resident Evil 3, Resident Evil, uh, well, we won't count Survivor, and I won't count 2 because it was on, it was on Nintendo 64. 64. It was on the 64. And I would say that the 64, I mean, it wasn't, it's, it's comparable, man. You could almost say the 64 version just because of what it is, is the better version. And it has the full analog joystick control shit, which is mm. amazing. Um, I mean, there's like, oh, we can go, we can go deep and just be like Wu-Tang. Yeah, I never played that one. I, oh, really I did. Wanted I to. played the shit out of that game. But now let's see. We're fucking up. Tekken one, two, and three. Soul Calibur or Soul Soul Blade. Soul Blade. Sorry, Soul yeah. Blade. Um, fuck, dude. Like you could just keep going. No one can stop Mr. Domino. Fucking. You're probably the only person that knows about the Mr. Dom- Domino game. That's sad. That's a sad fucking state of affairs. Wasn't Ar- well, Army Men was multi-platform. Yeah, there were the the Army Men yeah. were were multi-platform. Yeah, because I mean, we could say like Tony Hawk, but all those came out on the 64. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I don't know if like the more obscure ones did, like Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX or whatever. Like, I don't think that ever came I don't out know. on the 64. I played that on the PlayStation, I remember. Yeah. What are we missing, two? No, we finished the list. Oh, did you? We finished the 20 on the PlayStation. All right, well, I just kept, I just listed for like you. five more because I How many I of those were Capcom it. games? Fuck. The Resident Evil games. Yeah, the reason why I'm asking is because... Dino Crisis. Yeah, Dino Crisis. That's yeah. kind of what I was getting into is the the Capcom, the thing I wanted to quickfire here. 
Okay, let's talk about that. The the Capcom, what is it called? The voting thing? Yeah, what is that? Yeah, well, I did it today on my, I think it was like right before my way over here because I knew I'd put it in the dock. But it's the, uh, god damn, what were they calling it? Boom. I say boom and I didn't even, I didn't even cue it up right. <laughs> he said boom and it was a fail. Yeah, well, I, I forgot that I just shot a video of it instead of like actually doing the thing but it's the god damn it what the hell was it called it's the capcom super elections that's what it was and i'd posted a link in the doc and i for some reason i couldn't bring it up so i was just like whatever i'll just go to capcom's website and do the thing but basically what they're doing is uh kind of trying to like get a vote to see what gamers who play capcom games are like interested in essentially as like a survey but like you could you could win prizes or whatever, but that was only like I don't think the United States was included in the prize thing, but like so uh anyway, they just ask you a series of questions like the first one and all of these are like supposed to determine like what does it say? The they're supposed to determine like whatever card you get. Like you get a free like wallpaper card or some shit and it's all customized based on how you answer these questions, but like that doesn't matter what basically what it gets down to is like they ask what what gaming systems you have obviously i filled that out and then uh, it got into like all the the survey questions so there are 10 questions in all and then the first one was asking like which of the following capcom games do you like best and i put uh what did i put the resident evil 2 i believe i put in there so I guess it's just kind of like trying to do like market research essentially, but making it fun. Like instead of like giving you a $5 gift card and going through some random company, they're just like hosting it on their shit or whatever. But then they like ask stupid shit like well, your favorite character and blah, 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 blah. And then they go in to ask you like, what do you like in Capcom games and shit like that? And you only get to like select three because of, Essentially, what I did is I went and selected, like, all the options except for one, and then I had to, like, narrow it down, which was kind of difficult, but that doesn't matter. Then they ask you about, like, the image you personally have about Capcom as a company. And then, but the the big thing here is question five, because I know this is a topic that we've, like, talked about before, is, like, what games could they bring back or, like, titles that, like, they haven't, redone or remastered or whatever revisited revisited essentially so there were two questions specifically based around that and it's like the first one was question number five and they asked are there any capcom game series including spinoff games that you would like to see get a sequel or an entirely new game and you get to select three their options are dark stalkers okami uh omnishua ace attorney street fighter i don't know what sengoku basara is but Dino Crisis, Dead Rising, uh, Devil May Cry, Dragon's Dogma, this other game I'm not familiar with. It's called like Toraware no Paruma. Anyway, anyway, the verse Capcom, like whole fucking thing. Resident Evil, obviously. Final Fight, Breath of Fire, Ghosts and Goblins. Uh, Monster Hunter. What else did they have on here? Anyway, it was like basically like a catalog of fucking games. They're like, hey, would you like to see some new shit about this? Breath of Fire, Lost Planet, Mega Man, and 1942. So, basically, 
I'm assuming they're using this as kind of like a market study so they could be like, wow, this is a game we need to remake or remaster or, you know, do whatever. And then uh, the sixth question, which is the other very important question they were asking, it says, is there any game that you would like to see completely remade with the latest technology, including character design and story direction? And of course, I think it was, they narrowed this one down quite a bit, I believe. So, uh, I think I've probably put not in here. I don't recall. But it's Omnishua, Ace Attorney, Commando, Rival Schools, some game I can't pronounce, Final Fight, Breath of Fire, Gargoyle's Quest, Mega Man. But I put a not in here. And then uh, what was what was the next question? Because I feel like... I will say real quick that Rival Schools is another one that we could have easily put on that PlayStation list. That game was the shit. I never played it. It was a badass fighting game. Yeah. Seemed like there was another one. What Capcom games influenced you the most? Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, those were like the two main questions where it seems like they're probably trying to like get some feedback from the community and figure yeah. out what direction they're wanting to go in. But that's a this is a, a thing that they're currently doing right now that anybody, I think most anybody can go and fill out the, the survey basically. So you actually have a voice in if a title may get revived or a sequel or something like that. And I thought that was really fucking cool. Nice. I would say my three. I didn't love Okami. I never played it, but I always thought the art style was really cool. That's kind of what turned me off on it. It's the, um, like kind of the stunted animation thing it's got going on. I just don't love, but that and it's a very chatty game like there's a lot of just chatty like there's so much like i played the game for feel like 10 plus hours and didn't accomplish shit it's one of those games where you're just like oh my god like the intro to that game i have it on the switch it's a good one yeah um i mean even dino crisis i would like to see dino crisis come back if they could go back and make it like a first person you know, like the Resident Evil style, like Dino Crisis, where it's like horror-based dinosaurs. Yeah, I shit. think that would be rad. So similar to what they're doing that Jurassic Park survival game. Mm-hmm. That would be real cool. We're talking about doing it like VR. Yeah, I mean it's Capcom. Like yeah. all of their first, I, I would assume. You know, on this whole subject, we're talking about the game that I want to see them do is like, I want to see Resident Evil Nine, and I want it to be first person, and I want it to be a VR game, like you know, as well as a of course, normal yeah. game. But yeah. I would assume they're going to do that because Capcom's been really good about the VR support, man. Like they've got a workflow for it. And so they're just like, oh, you know, a game. And that's the issues that, that people have had with Resident Evil 4 was that it's just, it's, it wasn't built with, you know, it was built so long ago. And then they did a remake of that. It just wasn't built for free VR. Whereas 8, they could be like, okay, well, let's think about VR while we're making this fucking thing. Oh, absolutely. So the 9 would be a, presumably way crazier graphics you know or not you know i would assume improvements graphically and then a vr game and all that That sounds fucking nuts i don't know if i'll play it for the first time in vr that'd be cool because i've never done that before because i've never played a resident like i never played resident evil 7 or village obviously what do you mean for the first time yeah no no yeah but you would play probably resident evil 9 for the first time in vr maybe i mean it depends Depends on how much it makes me shit my pants. It depends on how much I can get used to playing horror games in VR. 
without being like this is just making well, apparently me... there are a ton of them so yeah right i could definitely have a lot of fun with that i mean even games that are horror oriented like uh the walking dead game apparently it's good about being like a little spooky but not like just terrifying like resident evil 8 is you know so that sounds like a good middle ground kind of dip my toes in the water i mean i'm probably just being a bitch but it just i ran all around a lot and it was the first thing i ever played in the vr2 was resident evil 8 I just went full in. I was don't just blame like, what me. What the fuck? Uh, I think and you made a great decision there. It was like disorienting and all that. And now that I've done the other calmer experiences, Beat Saber, all that, kind of dialed it in, got oh, used no, to Beat it. Oh, no, Beat Saber, I wouldn't say is calm at all. Comfortable. I think it's very calming. You haven't played Expert. Well, I mean, I think it is whatever you want it to be. I get right? locked in and just get like totally like in the zone. So like when I fuck up, I get mad about it. And it's hard not to fuck up when you got blocks changing on you and like coming at you so quickly. Yeah. I guess I just don't get mad at video games like that. Well, it's not even getting mad. It's just frustrated, you know? Maturity and acceptance. There's there's a level of like. I failed enough in the real world to not let a video. I'm saying there's like a level of like dedication you're going to have to put in it to be able to execute that. Again, when I'm playing Beat Saber and I miss a note, I'm not like upset about it you when i failed a song having, having to replay a song over and over again no no and honestly i don't feel i don't particularly feel like i need to play a song over and over again if i didn't like it or if i didn't beat it and it's frustrating me that i can't beat it i'll just play a different fucking song i'm not playing beat saber to set the high score i just play it because it's fun yeah it's fun but i like that fun, challenge you know? and all that yeah no i like i like turning up the difficulty to increase the the physicality of it you know but if if it gets to a point where I'm like confusing myself because I can't, you know, I'm not keeping up with the fact that I have to be, you know, doing like a left, right, up, down type of thing, you know, really quickly or whatever it is, whatever weird movement they're wanting me to do, like, I'll just play a different fucking song or you can go into practice mode and practice it. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying that I don't do that as well. I'm just saying that like there's, it's not for like me a, when I'm playing it and I'm just casual, vibing. just like fucking, I'm. I'm vibing with it. I'm, yeah. I'm in a very calm state when I'm just vibing with it and just fucking. Well, let's just it. say that it has it has that ability to be that if that's what you want it to be, or it can yeah. be like incredibly difficult. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying. It is. It is what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So I'm not trying to play it. I like it. Like I said, I'm not trying to play it to get frustrated and not want to play it anymore because it's frustrating. I just like the challenge, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's all I'm saying. I mean, I guess I don't know that like. I don't really know that the game rewards you for challenge in that regard. Like, I guess you get a higher ranking, but it's not like, I guess there's leaderboards, but. I don't care about all that. It doesn't that. even like let you set. To me, it's like, just like beating the level. I don't care if I set the high score or any of that fucking bullshit. Get on a leaderboard. I just want to. Yeah, but like, I'm saying there's no, the there's no incentive to and beat be able level. to do that. that. For me, that's my incentive. But I, I'm saying it doesn't even like indicate anywhere in the game that you beat the level. I don't care. It's a me thing. I mean, I guess. It's a me thing. Because I'm like, yeah, I did that. I didn't yeah. think I could do that, but I fucking did it. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know my brain could work that fast. Tight. Yeah. I mean, that's the idea is that, like, you know, you get the mobility and you get to where you can, like, do the little maneuvers. Like, when you're doing, like, the crazy, like, up, down, up, down thing, like, you learn where you don't really, you know, you're not, like, just literally moving up and down. Like, you just kind of, like, weave your way through it kind of thing. I noticed that you were under the impression that you have to stab the ones with the dot. That's just what I do. I don't, I don't think that's under. I can really just swipe at it and it's gone. It's just a circ, It's just a dot. 
dotted block, but I like stabbing them. Yeah, but, you know, I just assume. I know you don't have to, Jeremiah. Huh? Okay. Yeah, you can just swipe at it. Yeah. I know. Okay. Thanks. Thanks for having so little faith in me. Sorry, I enjoy stabbing. I'm sorry, I'm just sitting here watching you play the game and you keep doing this weird stabbing motion yeah, to stab fun. it, I guess. I it's just fun. hit it. Yeah. I just hit it and move on to the next. Fair enough. Well, we have two different play styles. You can play it however you want to play it. Yeah. That's I what makes the game so fun. I can because I have it. I have it too. Oh, yeah, you have it on your little meta quest too. Yeah, what are you trying to fucking sit here and goddamn shame me? You console shaming oh. me right now? No, because I got it on MetaQuest too, and you got it on PSPR too. I mean, to be honest, like I'm just talking about how much I like it. And I you're can the still play being, the motherfucker. You're the one being like hostile about it. I never was hostile. I was just saying. I was just I saying I like the game, and you were like, I like it better in a challenge. And I was like, Well, I like to just play the game because I think it's fun. And well, you're like, Well, I don't think it's relaxing at all. I think it's stressful. I think we just literally got over all of that. Literally, well, that's what you were just ranting about is how stressful of a game it is. For well, you. you were saying that it, it was, that I think it's fucking vibe as hell, and I think it's relaxing. Yeah, but the original statement was that you were just kind of like saying that it was just just chill, relaxing. I was like, no, it has. It can be very challenging. That's not what I said at all. I it was said something that, to that effect. I'm not. I pulling said a direct that I in, that it was chill for I'm me. I'm not pulling a direct quote. I'm just saying. You went on a whole goddamn tangent about what I said, and it was just me talking about how I think it's a chill game for me, but it could be whatever you wanted, but you're like, I don't think it's chill at all, and then you went on your whole rant about it, and you're being all indignant, like, Whatever. I say I just like to vibe I, with it. I'm done with this argument, honestly. You like to vibe, I like to vibe with it, and you like a challenge, apparently. Exactly, but so, and then we, we came to the conclusion that it really is however you want But I guess play the it. point, well, I mean, you know, if we're really breaking it all down, what I have to know is, like, so who is better than who? We'll find out. I think I'm better than you. Like I think that's the point you of this whole do argument. This right now? No, you I don't do this mean right like, now. Let's I didn't mean go, in the bro. game. No, I didn't mean in the game. I meant in life. Because that's like, you know, any argument, you know, like I think my Wait, dick is bigger than I thought you were all fucking I'm trying to console say. shaming me. No, I'm not doing that at all. You're like, yeah, this is just a far better. No, it's just you, you can't be like, over here on the PlayStation VR too. I mean, you got it on the MetaQuest too. <laughs> well, you know, no, I did that. that I did fun. that. I did that for sure after we went on the whole. Whatever. Yeah, no, fuck you. Well, it was just a fuck you because you were making the thing about like, well, I could play it like this or I could play it like what. I'm like, yeah, can you? Yeah, I fucking can. You can. I have you can. It. You can. You got me. You, yeah. You, yeah. You I fucking own it. Yeah, you made your move. You moved your knight. Yeah. Over there, and I was like, oh, I'm in check. And then I hit you back with, oh, yeah, your knight's also a pussy because it's a meta quest, too. Oh, here we go. See? This is shit I'm trying to squash over here. I'm past this, bro. Yeah. But I mean, I honestly don't know. Can I haven't played Beat Saber in the meta quest, too. That's fair. And I figured the only issues that I would have is the vocal thing. Yeah. You know, maybe it's not that bad. But I will say that you was, was sit interesting. Sit over here on your goddamn high horse with your PSVR, too. No, I will. You know? um, but with the, the Beat Saber, what was interesting about it is that it was the first VR game that made me like really comfortable with like the headset. And I don't know if it's because of the mobility about like finding that sweet spot and being able to move around a lot and then like play that game that's like high energy and keep, maintain my focus and not have it be like blurry and have to constantly fuck with it and try to find the sweet spot and all that shit. And I was just like vibing with the game. And I could definitely see because it's very similar to something like Tetris Effect where it puts you into a flow state. And then so once you're in that flow state in virtual reality, it's like the resolution and the clarity doesn't really matter. Oh, that's that what point, I'm saying. You know yeah. what I mean? But that being said, whenever you look around and all the, like, the crazy shit that's going on around the level is like sharp as fuck and in 4K, that shit looks amazing. 
It looks amazing. I don't have you an argument the block, there. It comes at you're like that's a block. It's a four K. I don't block have an argument for that coming at me. And the haptics, like you were pointing out, like I don't know what kind of uh, vibration or haptics the MetaQuest Two has, but that that feeling of like the 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 blade going through the block, like that feeling in your hand, mm-hmm. it like pulls it all together. You know? Yeah. And I don't even know. I can't even remember. I don't even know if there was any head vibration on that. Maybe when you go through the wall. I don't maybe. recall. I don't. I didn't I don't notice recall. it. It's very possible that it's there, but because the few times I've experienced it are like, uh, like the good ones are a Gran Turismo Seven. When you bash it, like when you run into a wall, like you feel the you feel yeah. it hit your head. Um, and and eight, did you experience it when the thing punched you? I saw it. Like I saw you react. I don't recall if I experienced it. It did that or not. because you reacted. Like you were like, oh goddamn, because like it hits you and you feel like a vibration in your head. Yeah, I don't remember that. And you're like, oh, it rocked me, you know, because I when you were with the dummy when it rails back and it hits you. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't recall that. Yeah, though. you definitely reacted, but I mean, it, it could have been you reacting to the visual. Who knows? But I'm pretty sure it has that as well, because you know the residents cool about Resident Evil Village is that that game's not only built from the ground, well, not really built from the ground up for VR, but built with the ground up with VR in mind, but it's also an exclusive to the PlayStation VR too. And so yeah. it uses a lot of the PlayStation VR 2 uh, things. It doesn't use the eye tracking, which is something that we didn't even cover. It's talking about the games that do the eye tracking shit. We were talking about when we were talking about Synapse and that game and the telekinesis power with the eye tracking. And you haven't even tried it where you can just pick dudes up now. No, I haven't tried it. Toss them around because that just brings like a whole other level. But like I've been practicing more with it and I've gotten really good at just bashing dudes to death with like a box. Yeah, I just grab the box and I'm just like "fuck you" and I just like bash the shit out of them and kill them that way. And I've gotten many achievements and like uh, stat points from doing that to enemies a lot because that's how you level up in this game is by doing shit like that repeatedly. You'll you know do that to ten enemies and you get like a new point. It gives you a bonus and It'll shit. It'll give you well, it gives you another uh, skill point and then you use your skill points to unlock new abilities like the ability to pick up enemies with your telekinesis or throw grenades. But I'm still in like the second row of abilities and i think there's like seven rows so i don't even know i haven't even went up and looked at the other abilities that are up there because i'm just trying to do what i can to get the level but just that just the ability to like grab dudes and fucking throw them around has made the game considerably easier for me like now i can literally just grab a dude and just throw him into the ocean and he dies yeah that's that's a total viable option so now when you especially when you get into the maps that it's like on a cliff you're just like, okay, fuck you. You're just throwing them. You're just pitching them off the cliff. You're just like, grab dude, throw him, throw him, throw him. And then that's like five dudes down, just like that. And you're just like, yeah, fuck you. I am God. But I'm also getting really good because up Boy. to that point, like you've got a, you've got your pistol, you know, and I'm getting really accurate with that fucking pistol, man. I can I can snipe a motherfucker from pretty pretty far away now. And then just having the second nature part of using the cover system, the way you can grab the rock and bring yourself down or up or climb any rock or any any surface you want really like getting used to that and just having that become second nature to like run up to the rock grab it pull yourself down and then pop up and just you know cap a motherfucker yeah amazing stuff love it love the playstation vr2 we're gonna um continue to play it i still haven't gotten uh legendary tales that is i'm working up to that game that is definitely on the agenda <clears throat> well hopefully here before too long i'll have a psvr too as well yeah i almost want to wait and yeah so you can play in co-op and experience the co-op yeah Yeah. that would be cool 
We're totally down to do that. And then, like, we can branch off and do our own thing and level up however the fuck we want to level yeah. up. But we can still, like, yeah, what's up, dude? Yeah, I mean, we can just go on adventures together. Yeah. I mean, I imagine it won't be any real reason <clears throat> for us to break up because it's not, from my understanding, it's not that story-driven of a game. It's literally just, like, take the quest. They're like, oh, go kill these goblins, and you just go off and... Well, in the, in the review we were watching, the guy was talking about how he also enjoyed just going off on his own because... Yeah, like, the whole isolationist thing of, like, yeah. being... In, there was, like, a little bit of lag, I guess, in between, like, well, when he was no, trying to be what, a... He was specifically talking about... Fireball guy? What he was specifically talking about is whenever you're playing with somebody online that's in a different country. If I'm playing online with somebody in a different country and they're hosting it, that lag can cause you to have issues with your the fireball. It loses the tracking and just fucks the physics up. But if I'm playing, we're playing on the same server, like this in America, like we would be fine. It's just a matter. It was just to do with the latency, I assume, because it was on the other side of the country. But they found out like if that person joined their game and the server was in America, there wasn't an issue. But I don't think he was playing as a mage. So basically, you got to make sure whoever's in the mage is hosting the game. Yeah. Or if there's mages, make sure that they're in the same country. That's fair. That's you can't fair. have more than a mage in different countries. That's that's the rule. But I don't know what other kind of issues might manifest with that. I mean, you might find out something later. I don't know. I That's what's so cool about that game is it's like the the abilities. And there's even cooler is like seeing like when I've really dug into the, the reviews, like they showed in the trailer, like the Captain America's shield, the fucking Thor's hammer. But there's all these legendary weapons that you can get in the game that have like really cool bespoke abilities that do different cool shit like that. And I'm like, that's exciting as hell. So it's not just you run around just hacking motherfuckers with your sword, even though that looks fun as all hell. It does look fun. It really does. Like it looks fun. And I mean, I was looking at, there's reviews from two years ago, like talking about the early access version of that game on PC saying that it has the best VR combat that that there is. Now, I don't know if some game has come along dethroned it, but it certainly isn't an open world, you know, 40 hour RPG. It's definitely not that. And so with like multiple classes, because I mean, you can be any class with the exception of healer, they said, because obviously healer wouldn't be a very viable option on your own. Yeah. But just then, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just honestly just torn about what character class I want to be, you know, because like, I would like to do the whole like go around and bash people with the sword or hammer or whatever, but lobbing fireballs looks like a good time, man rolling back and just throwing fireballs at people and shit. This does sound pretty interesting. So I see here that you added this uh, topic, the Stellar Blade rated AO, and that's AO in South Korea, right? Yeah. It says Korea, but I'm assuming it's South Korea. Who, who knows? I, I'm I assuming it's not I don't North know. Korea. It's a Korean-made game, so... Yeah. I don't think there's any that's, video games in North Korea, if I had to guess. Yeah, when, I, when I posted the, the link, or basically added that to the doc... I wasn't aware that that's what was going on, that it was only AO in, in Korea. But after having had read it, they said, well, that's probably not going to translate to the other markets, you know? No, it's it's more likely to do with their... But yeah, it was like due to the violence of the game, like hacking limbs off and shit like that. Oh, I but, thought it was going to have some... some and, and nudity. And oh, there's going to be nudity? Yeah, but awesome. I don't know, like... I don't know to what extent. Maybe, like you can make your character nude or something. They said they spent like a lot of time. I read another article where the developer or somebody was talking about how they spent a lot of time, like really putting detail into her back because that's what you're going to be staring at through the yeah. whole process. That's so. a, there's a quote by the dude that made near automata, which this game is being called. Yeah. 
he also he also he also said like that's a fucking you know great compliment yeah when they said that they were they were asked how they felt about it being referred to as this the korean near yeah and they said that it was a great compliment yeah but the creator of near he there's a quote with him talking about 2b who's the main character the female protagonist of near and about how there's more polygons in her ass than there is in the entirety of uh mario 64 fucking a dude like that's how far we've come in graphics is that yeah sounds like a game i need to play so it was just the nudity and the uh the violence yeah as as far as the article explained that's pretty much it okay but i thought it was interesting you know something to talk about real quickly as we get into the rest of the topics apparently atari is also doing whatever the hell they want to do because the i mean this is your topic obviously but they're making a game show yeah atari Atari. is making a game show it's a celebrity game show where apparently they're going to have celebrities play Atari games. That'll be neat. I wonder if they'll get Jack Black. I would say undoubtedly they would get Jack Black, Black to come in and play some Pitfall. Go back to his mm-hmm. his humble beginnings. Surely they wouldn't miss the opportunity to reference that. No, absolutely not. I've never really heard him talk about it. He's, he's talked about I'm it. I'm not saying he's hiding it. I'm just yeah. saying like I've never heard him be like, you know. As you know, like I am Pitbull. Yeah. He certainly has. He certainly has talked about it and spoke about it. I'm wondering who else they could bring on there, like to actually like get on this game show that had anything to do with Atari. You're saying that there has to be some sort of like association. I'm not saying there has to be. I just think that if they're going for like a drama, comedy, like nostalgia aspect, then why wouldn't they tap into that? Seems like they'd be like really missing out. On a lot of the nostalgia part. If they were just like, yeah, bringing on random celebrities like Kim Kardashian or fucking Taylor Swift or like somebody that's never even like touched an Atari or probably might not even like know what to associate anything Atari with, you know? Like, well, oh yeah, Pac Man, I heard of that. Well, to be a 100% honest, I mean, Atari doesn't have the most relevance to me. That's fair. You know what I mean? Not as much yeah. as something like Nintendo. Well, that's what, that's, what, so that's what makes it odd that they're doing an Atari game show. Well, it's pretty obvious that, you know, I mean, maybe not, but maybe Nintendo was like, like no. What, what kind of market are you going for there outside of just like old heads, you know? Exactly. I mean, maybe that's who they're going for. Maybe that's like the modern equivalent of like Wheel of Fortune. I'm not saying that it wouldn't be like, you know why, I mean? why wouldn't it be on the game show channel or network or whatever they call it? Do you think about it? The Atari age people born in the seventies, they're, they're getting into their mid to late fifties, man. Yeah. I want to know what's behind door number two. Yeah. Instead of that, it's going to be like that motherfucker doesn't know what you're supposed to do in ET. What a fucking loser. I didn't even know what the fuck you were supposed to do in E.T. until my friend Dick came over and just, like, beat the whole goddamn game while we were sitting there having... I think it was it was the next morning after a party. He got up and he's like, man, I haven't played E.T. in years. And he just loaded it in and just, like, ran through it. I was like, I didn't even know what the fuck you were supposed to do in this game. But I have played in Atari. Maybe I'll be on the game show. Yeah, see, that's what I'm wondering is if it's one of those, like, celebrity guests as well as contestants. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
where like there's like maybe they team up together maybe you have to like maybe it's a challenge thing where like people have to challenge celebrities to games that would be interesting. I mean, I think would be go fun. anywhere with this. That'd be a good time. They could go anywhere with this. And I'd... I mean, dude, it's genius. I mean, honestly, if you think <clears> about it in terms like that, with the popularity of like Let's Plays and live streams and stuff like that and esports, it's like a game show where contestants go on and fucking play Shaq against like NBA Jam or some shit. But it's Atari, so it wouldn't be. NBA you know what I mean, though? But like, let's just say we're just, this is our own little idea. Like, that sounds fucking cool as shit. Now, Atari. Yeah, now you just gave that idea away to everybody. Well, they already, they already did it. And like, I'm assuming that the reason that that doesn't exist is because of the fucking, the licensing nightmare that exists there between like, I guarantee you that Atari was not their first choice when these showrunners were like, let's make a video game, sh- game show. You know, they were like Nintendo. <laughs> like Nintendo, right? Like, and then Nintendo was like, nah. No, absolutely. But maybe Nintendo sees the Atari show and it gets a little success and they're like, oh, let's do this. Yeah, we can knock that right out of the water. Exactly. Exactly. Because I mean, like, what, what Atari, so let's say, okay, let's say it's a multiplayer thing, right? What Atari games are we playing? I mean, like, probably like Pong or like. Yeah, and this is something that I'm discrediting. And I mean, this is a real thing is that, you know, the Atari we're thinking of is the Atari whatever it is, the 2600. Yeah. The one that everybody knows that had yeah. like the shitty Pac-Man port and all that. Yeah, yeah. But Atari had a console that they went all the way into the, was it, what generation was it? 64. Was it 64? Yeah, the Jaguar. The Jaguar, yes. There's 3D games that exist, but I don't know shit about any of them. Yeah, I almost bought a Jaguar one time. And I, was- <clears throat> I remember the only reason I know a Jaguar is a thing is because of you. When we were kids, you used to talk about it. You're like, oh, yeah, I had a friend at an Atari Jaguar or some shit. And yeah. I was like, Well, I weird. almost bought one like a few years later. It wasn't that much longer. Like after I'd moved out from Winslow and shit, like I, I went into Big Al's Pawn and they had one like complete in box. I almost bought the motherfucker just to say I bought the motherfucker, but I didn't do it. Does it so it takes discs, I'm assuming. I don't, I don't recall. I want to say it's a disc because if I'm looking at the form factor of it, it seems like it opens up and puts you put discs in it. That very well could have been the case. I, I know that the console didn't have any games with it, and that was one of my deciding factors as to what, why I wouldn't buy it. Like, I would like to it, know what games way. exist. Have you even it. seen any Atari Jaguar games at Game I Exchange? I don't know what they look like. Well, that, probably because you haven't seen them. Yeah. I mean, we could we could solve this conundrum right now by just quickly going to fucking eBay. I would imagine, right? Would, I mean, I think any simple Google search would do it. I would. I would just. I just want to see on eBay, see what things are going for. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, I mean, that's like, fine. Yeah. Was this the dumbest decision I made in my life by not buying the goddamn Atari? Jaguar? I doubt it. I've seen them. I have seen them. Four hundred and twenty-five dollars. Was it like a complete seven hundred and fifty? For what though? I mean, is this the that's a complete in box. That's this one's at a bidding war right now. Complete in box is five hundred and ninety nine or best offer. That's what they have there. Yeah, that's a complete. In yeah, box. it looks like it accepted discs though. But what I'm not saying is a lot of games. But here's one right here, Temptest two thousand apparently for seventy five dollars. Yeah, I don't imagine they're cheap. Ruiner pinball, a pinball game, sixty dollars. And that's the absurd shit. Is like again, yeah. so. The whole point of this thought exercise, the, the, the reason I brought this up is... Doom, like, one hundred and fourteen ninety-five. I mean, maybe if they could get some work with Microsoft. But that's my point, is that, like, what... Let's say it's a challenge game. 
Like, what games are they going to fucking play? I'm not positive, but you were half right. Oh. You were half. You were half right about the disc thing. There was a disc attachment that you could purchase, but it also took fucking cartridges. Oh, I used cartridges. Yeah. Okay. But they tried to do the Sega CD thing, eh? I'm assuming that's exactly what that's crazy. What happened. You know, one thing I do have a Genesis, right? Yeah. I only have a, like one game for it. I had Fantasy Star Four. I use it as trade fodder for my fucking PlayStation Five. I don't regret that decision. NBA Jam missing but the manual, one hundred and eighty dollars. How much it's is a cartridge? How much is NBA Jam on the Super Nintendo? Now that we're going down this road, but uh, while you're looking that up, I you know I, I have like those couple games. But one thing I would like to do is go down the Genesis rabbit hole of getting the Sega CD, the thirty two X, and all of that, just to have like the stack, so I could have like the stack. You know, the tower. What do they call it? The Tower of Power. Yeah. Are you familiar with this Tower of Power? I'm, I'm not familiar with it, but the tournament edition of NBA Jam Complete in Box with the manual is $40. What? Yeah. God damn. Yeah. I'm going to have to start eBay and more. That sounds like a... I love well, eBay. I just I don't ever have the money to look through here anymore. I just don't ever think of games like that. Like another game that I'd like to get, I saw it at um, Game Exchange, uh, UN Squadron. I'd like to pick that up. No, I'm, I've never even heard of that game. Oh, dude, that game is amazing. That's a good game, man. Wow, complete in box with retro HQ game drive. Everything is fucking $1,200. There's 11 watchers on it. Maybe I should have bought this fucking... Ah, oh, man. Decisions you make in life, you know? I mean, what are the odds that you'd still have this thing? Oh, I'd still have it. You have your Virtual Boy still? No, I gave it to Shay at uh, fucking Arcadia. Nice. Because it was just sitting around collecting dust, and I was like, man, you know what? That would be a really cool piece in Arcadia. That's cool. Now I feel way less bad about the Resident Evil 2 thing. Why? Because you never fucking offered it to me, you piece of shit, and you know I wanted that Virtual I, Boy. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I've known oh, you a lot longer Resident than Evil fucking too? shit. Yeah, because you were all guilty me because I sold Resident yeah. Evil 2 and I didn't offer it to you. That's fair. And I don't feel bad about it now. Thank you for that. I needed that because I felt really bad. Well, not anymore. that Fuck doesn't you. mean you need to stop feeling bad about no, it. No, I don't feel bad at all. Like, I don't I, feel bad about you not getting my virtual boy. See? Fuck you. It's fine. Yeah. It's whatever. Also, I didn't know that you wanted it that badly. Oh, dude, I wanted it really badly. I tried to sell you and giving it to me a long time ago. I so, don't recall yeah. that. Yeah. So back, if I did recall it, I'd probably be like, oh, well, back should I were... give it to Shay or Jeremiah? Yeah. I'm sure you still would have given it to the dude that owns the arcade. No, I don't think so. Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Whatever. It was just whatever thought process I had at the time. I was really drunk when I made the decision. Uh, clearly, because I just can't remember all the times that you've just been like, I'm going to give away this thing that I've treasured for years yeah. to a random friend, even though that random friend has been like, man, you want to sell this thing? And you're like, fuck no. Helldivers 2. The reviews are in. Yeah, they are. And apparently, this is just like a small little thing that I'd, I'd seen elsewhere, but it was outselling PAL World on Steam. That's how That's how good this game is supposed to be. How, how are the reviews looking, Jeremiah? Um, it's reviewing pretty well. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting because um, there was a comment on one of our TikToks 
I don't know the exact quote of the comment, but I think it was something of the nature of, nah, that game is trash. I believe that's what they said. That's what they said? Yeah. Well, what a rude person. I remember that our initial, like... I mean, if it was just trash, I would understand it being trash, but yeah. I've looked at all the, the seemed critical reviews, and they've been... Well, I'm, I'm just saying, positive. like, our initial thought process on the game was we didn't give a shit about it until we knew what they were coming from. So, yeah, like, and, after and having seen that, we were like, okay, well, maybe we'd give this game a shot. But the reviews are in. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, the 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 Metacritic, uh, the critic score is sitting at lower than the than the user score, but it's sitting at an 83. 83 is a good game. Yeah, and then it's sitting at an 8.7 yeah, user score. that's certainly not shit. Yeah, and so, and then to be, to be fair, like, what you said, like, we looked at what the original was, and that intrigued us. We we're like, oh, wow, if they could just do that in, like, this more third-person shooter, you know, with this kind of fidelity, which the fidelity really just... I don't know if it's just like over time or maybe it was just these last few trailers, like they're just showing us the right stuff or maybe they've improved the graphics. I have to go back and look at these older trailers, but like, it seems like the graphics have improved almost like, and then, and then putting in the context of the play that's going on, like the building, like, I guess you like build up, it's an extract extraction shooter first. Of yeah, all. and you're kind of like you building in, up like a base kind but of. Yeah, thing. you're like, you kind of, you, you don't, you have to defend long enough to X-Vac, I think. Right. Is the idea. And then, so you have to go in, you get the thing, and then you extract out while fucking fighting the bugs. And then they just come at you really hard. And then you're just like trying to hold them off long enough to get the fuck out of there. And, but you can do like upgrades like within the match. And so you can like presume, like, I don't know, I don't know what kind of vehicles you can get. I didn't look into it far enough. I know there's well, definitely like, a mech suit. The mech suit's supposed to be coming out soon, but I don't know if you can get like trucks and vehicles and tanks. Well, I imagine it would be like ability to very shoot. similar to what they had in the first game, if not like more stuff. Yeah. Because otherwise, like, what's the point in calling it Hell Divers Two? Yeah. I I haven't gotten the opportunity to play it at all. I haven't either. But, but just just like looking at the humble beginnings, as I was saying, you know, and what they're doing now, which is kind of keeping the core concept, keeping the gameplay very similar, except for it's third person, as opposed to like top down. You know, I th I feel like that's kind of what people who grew up playing that game would want wouldn't you say yeah i would assume like especially fans of the original because i mean the original was like very you know very revered apparently according yeah, to a lot of people we didn't know about it and i mean you look at it and it has like i would say it's closest to something like starcraft but not it's like it reminds me of like playing starcraft 2 on like a budget pc back in the day where you'd have to play and it almost looked like a, a souped up Nintendo 64 game. You know? I'd say that's a fair assessment. I'd say that's a very fair assessment. But well, Helldivers 2 looks fucking, looks pretty crazy, man. Yeah, like, I think you it see looks like the good. big ass aliens, those big motherfuckers. And apparently the cool part about it too is that it's very much just like on the nose Starship Troopers. Like it's got that Starship Ship Troopers, you know, comedy like where it's all about like, you know. Without Denise Richards. Well, of course. Well, that's a damn shame. Of course. But no, it just has that very much. It's um, it's like everybody's like, it's very patriotic. You know, they're all about, it's about super earth. Yeah. Is the planet. They're like, they're, they're protecting from these alien scourge and then it's like kill the bugs, you know, and everybody's like, I'm doing my part and all that stuff. And you can too. Yeah, that good stuff. Yeah. And it's like, that's good. It's like got that good war propaganda vibe, you know. So that's that's cool that they went down that route. So it's like, you know, you could think that maybe the original Helldivers, they were literally trying to make a fucking <laughs> Starship Troopers game, and they were like, no. 
And so they made Hell Diver, Hell Divers one, and it was popular enough. They're like, "Fuck you, we don't need your license. We'll still steal your fucking." Your well, vibe. who knows? Who knows what the thought process there was? I have obviously no idea, no idea. But while we're on the subject of reviews, the uh, what was it? The Banisher's Ghost of New Eden. The reviews are out for that as well. And if I remember correctly, this was another title that you and I were like not totally sold on, I believe. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I don't remember the exact parameters I put upon myself as to whether or not I would play it, but I feel like it missed the mark. I looked at some of the reviews for it. I'm not I'm going to look at the um, the Metacritic average, but I watched the the IGN review for it. And, so it's setting at a 78 on Metacritic right now. And that is what the... Just That's the critic. Just the critic score? Yeah. Because it's not out yet, is it? Yeah, it came out two days ago. Oh, it came out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it came out on the 13th of February. But, so, I usually set a bar at 80. It's like, if it gets like an 80, then I'll consider it. If there's nothing else to play, but if it's below an 80, I'm probably going to skip it. I guess now, it's a fair bar. These are good games that I like to save for my fucking my PlayStation Plus premium subscription because I got to justify the shit sometime or somehow. Well, yeah, it's games that could just pop up on the free games exactly. for you this month or, you know, whatever. Exactly. It's the same reason that I haven't bought that other game that came out. The um, It's out. It's uh, It flopped. It was an EA game. What the fuck was it called? But it was like a PlayStation 5 exclusive. It's like a very, like it's a first person like action shooter. It's a magic shooter. Like you use magic. Yeah, I'm not I'm not familiar with what you're talking about. Now that I have Ghosts of New Eden stuck in my head, I can't think of anything but the word ghosts. And it's not that. It's something. He almost had it, guys. He almost, I saw it. It was like right there. You know that look you get when you're about to sneeze? Well, Jeremiah just had that same look when he had an epiphany. It's Immortals of Avium. Immortals of Avium. Yes. And it's like a really visually spectacular game. I mean, the reviews it got were kind of middling. And like a lot of people were kind of like saying that that's kind of absurd how it got shitty reviews. Like it's a much better game than it reviewed, you know, but <clears throat> I don't know if any of that's true. But I do know that I played the beginning of it. There's like a trial of it and I thought it was pretty tight. And I was like, this is, it was on sale even for like 30 bucks. And I almost pulled the trigger on it, but. 30 bucks like, is justifiable in a lot of cases. Well, Unless, it was on sale for 30 bucks. It's a $70 game normally, you know, so. But I guess I just, I thought about, but then I thought about it more. And I was like, you know, the odds are that this game is probably going to be on PlayStation Plus. That's, that's what I was going to get into is that unless it has you think it's going to show up in either your free games for the month or on PlayStation Plus where you just seems like a it. prime fucking candidate for that considering yeah. it didn't do very well and that these these kind of deals are typically well then like even know, even when you get it on PlayStation Plus you're not getting the DLC for it are you you're just getting the base game and then you have the option if you like to or you enjoy it. this I don't this know where, if it has DLC well this is well I'm just saying this is where Publishers could t take the opportunity to make money. Yeah, like that's if you very enjoyed the game. Yeah, that's a very common practice. Yeah, yeah, that's a very that's how a lot of Game Pass things are as well. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what I would assume. Like you have to be like, well, if you give us this for free and people actually get to play it, they don't have to spend the money on it, but they'll probably buy the DLC. Yeah, if they enjoy it enough. You yeah. know what I'm saying? No, that's that's exactly how they do it. I mean, that's a 
it's a huge thing. I mean, like, but but once again, this game in particular doesn't have DLC, but that's fine. Like I said, I, I definitely I, I would save that for a for one of those games. So that's where Banisher sits as well on well, that yeah, shelf of well, like one day. It's it'll a, pop up. It wasn't in the eighties. It wasn't getting scored in the eighties. Banishers wasn't. It was seventy something. You yeah, said? it was a seven. It was a seven nine. I think. Well, what what if seventy eight? Seventy eight. What if the user score goes over eighty? Well, it's a seven nine. Right, but it could potentially. It could hit an eight, but I don't know. I'm good if the critic score isn't over a fucking eighty. That's where you're at. Yeah, because user scores like I mean I'll give user scores like they do like average over time or whatever, but like there's too many like review bombings and honestly, man. Like, mob mentality is a motherfucker. Oh, no, I I understand. And, like, so, like, as much as some critics are, like, I don't agree with them in a lot of ways, and I think that some critics, like, there are games, you know, some people would say that Immortals of Avion was one of those games that got shit by the critics, and it was undeserved or whatever. In fact, just on that subject, since we're there, I now want to see what the damn Metacritic is on that, because... Well, go ahead, man. If you're there, Because if it has, like, you know, it might be one of those games that has a stupid high user score, and then... And Metacritic just didn't enjoy it. Well, and Metacritic is a fucking aggregate. Yeah, this game sits at a... No, it's bad on both. It's a 69 on on Metacritic, and it's a 6.0 for the user score. Well, that just sounds like... So it, it ended up becoming a free game. Was that... Oh, it's most definitely. Yeah, but they don't have DLC. No, because it flopped terribly. It was a huge, it was a very big budget game. It had like real actors in it. You know, it was like they went that far. It's got like those kind of graphics, but it was just, just missed the mark. Apparently, everybody just hated it. I don't know. We're going to find out. I only played through the beginning of it and I thought it was pretty intriguing. You could see kind of where there was a little bit of like jankiness, a little hokiness around the edges, but I was like, I was into it enough to be like, oh, this is a cool, like good, you know, I'm assuming like eight to 10 hour first person run around, shoot motherfuckers with my magic. Now, if I paid $70 for that, no. I would be pissed about that. But that goes into the whole topic of value proposition regarding value relative to time spent in a game, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like it's a time versus... Well, how much are they? How much were they selling it for? It's $70. It's a $70 game. $70 game. Yeah. That's, that's, okay. Yeah, I could understand where you're at. You said it was on sale, no, for 30 or something? Is that the game you were talking about? It was on sale for 30 whenever I played the trial. Because I was gonna, I was thinking about buying it, and then I saw that there was a trial, and I was like, oh, well, I obviously should just try the trial. That would make sense in the long run. Obviously, it kind of helped you out there. It seems like, to me, anyway. It says it's $60 on Steam. People are, people are obviously paying $60 for it. Yeah. Well, it's sixty percent off on Steam right now. <laughs> what? Yeah, sixty percent off of sixty. Yeah, it's twenty three ninety nine. Okay, so it was almost thirty dollars. Well, no, it was definitely thirty dollars whenever I was on sale. This was a while ago, man. I'm just saying on PlayStation it was thirty dollars, but Steam's like almost thirty dollars. Well, yeah, I mean it's twenty three ninety nine. But on oh. the subject of other games that have come out, the the Tomb Raider Remastered Collection has come out. And it's actually getting pretty, you know, like it's getting a seven. It's it's averages a seventy eight. It's generally favorable, but the user score is at an eight point three. But so, the thing about that is, I'm assuming that the issue being is that I don't know how long it's been since you played the Tomb Raider games when we did our little twenty 
20 PlayStation games. Those one of the we could easily put on there, but I wouldn't. No, have it was cross platform because it was on the Sega Saturn as well. At least That's Tomb Raider, the, the original Tomb Raider yeah, was. I don't know about two or three, but they might be. There's very possible that they were. And they were on PC as well. But they were associated with the PlayStation. Either way, they were really fucking difficult to play. Well, the goddamn controls. They so. were fucking terrible. Yeah. And the so tank, I don't know how controls, much. Is that what they call it? Tank controls? Yeah, they was definitely tank yeah. controls. Yeah. And then you had to. You had to do the whole thing where you like walk to the edge because if you walked, if you hold R1, you would walk. Mm-hmm. And then so you'd have to walk to the edge and she wouldn't walk off of the edge as long as you were walking. And then if you tapped back, she would jump back just far enough to where if you sprinted and then jumped at the very last minute that you could make it to the next ledge. And you had to do that with like every fucking oh, jump. Oh, I'm aware. I remember. It was absurd. It was a fucking absurd game. Like, some people loved it. I didn't fucking love I, it. I wasn't in love with it. I did not love the original Tomb Raiders. But, but those, those rumors were going around about how you could fucking get Lara Croft naked, and I think... Uh, yeah. No, there's many there's many Game Shark codes that I've put in that were bullshit. Yeah. That were supposed to, supposed to give me some very jagged polygonal... Cone boot. titty. If I had to guess, it would have been like a brown cone... Like a like a skin tone brown cone with like a little pink dot on the end. That would have been awesome when I was. A if kid, I had you to know? guess. But then, if you, I don't know, like as I've actually played through all these fucking games because I was. I have not. Game. I've actually beat. I beat two and three. I never beat the first one. Is fixing the controls something they did in the remasters? Do you know? Yeah, I believe so. Because that might that might sway my decision as to whether or not I would I would buy the game. You know. Yeah, they definitely included modern controls, but they're saying that they're still not the best. Obviously, leagues leagues better than the original, but one can only stand to hope that that would be the case. It's still a little janky. It's not like something they did with Final Fantasy VII: The Rebirth, right? I mean, obviously the controls are a lot tighter but on what, this entire remake. What I mean, like. To compare those two, it's just like night and day, man. Like, cause they like, there's a whole other. We've had this conversation about what Final Fantasy VII remake and rebirth is. You might as well call it like a fucking sequel, in a way. You know, not really, cause it is a remake of the original story, but in that, like, they're two completely different fucking games. Absolutely. It's like they were you like played the demo right for rebirth. Yeah, I definitely played the demo for the rebirth thing. It was, it was, it was fun, man. Like I. It seems I'm I'm assuming based on like what is where it picks up and where it goes that this is just the beginning of the game because it kind of ends like it picks up where the last one ended and then it and knowing what I know about the story it is the next logical beat so I don't think there's going to be anything between those two points because basically what it is in the original Final Fantasy VII when you leave Midgar you go out into the world map and then you can kind of walk around, do random battles or whatever. But then there's like the first thing you find is a village and that's the first place you go. And when you go there, there's a whole interaction where you sit down with the party. And cause at this point in the game, you play through the game up to this point, And then, and during the, you get introduced to the main protagonist. And then at this point you leave Midgar and then you go to that village and there's a point in the game. I remember it being notorious and in the original that like when i was a kid i just remember this being like holy shit because it's like an hour long segment of just dialogue and like cutscenes and stuff because it's telling the story 
of how the main character met the protagonist in the in the past and he's telling this whole story and it involves tifa and cloud and sephiroth but uh this is going through that segment and the the past and it's it's pretty badass because like Sephiroth is with you in your party like it was in that version because in that version he's like in your party but it's turn-based and you just got this dude with his badass sword and he uses like you know fire three and fucking ice three and all these like meteor and these crazy fucking magics that you're like you're dicking around with like fire one or fire or whatever the fuck they call it. I remember if they did fire ones or I don't know. They in the day like they used to have just fire one, two, and three, and then they turn into fire, fire, fireaga, being like the nomenclature for their magics or whatever. But uh, yeah, you'd have Sephiroth in there, and he would just be like wrecking dudes, and you're just like, holy shit, he's taking like nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine damage, and you're doing like fifty, you know, and you're just like this like lowly little fucking soldier dude with a sword or whatever. And so you're getting that experience, but in an action combat sense, you know, you're like running around with Sephiroth and stuff and it plays through that first sequence, but I won't spoil what happens in the beginning of the game. Cause it's all, so that was it's all relative. In the but, demo. Yeah. This is the demo, but it's like the graphics. You're saying it goes into basically where you would go into. The yeah. I don't even game. know. I, I, there's a distinct possibility that you can just continue your save file. I don't know. Like I would probably still start over, even though I played through the demo, I'll probably still start over just in case there's something that is, in addition, but I mean, I would I would feel safe. It's like they did the same thing with Final Fantasy 16. They released a demo for it, and it was just like the first part of the game. And then I still fucking played it over again when I started. It's like a good two hours too. But yeah, it's it's a good demo, and apparently they're planning on updating the demo. I don't know if they have or not. They're going to add more to it prior to the release of the full game. Yes, and from my from what I'm guessing, because basically what this is is that there's um. There were previews that were out that like certain uh, media got access to, and this was one of them. And there's another part that's a little bit later on in the game when you're like in the more open world part at the certain area, certain section of the game. Um, and it's like a little open world area out there where you can run around. They gave it. They gave him an opportunity, basically, to like explore, like see how the open world exploration with the the side quests and all that kind of shit worked. And I think that they're going to add that preview part to the to the demo i don't think i'm gonna play it though you're just gonna wait until it fully yeah released. i mean it's not gonna be that long we're talking like a week and a half and you have all these vr games now, to play and i've been shit. so hard in the vr thing i mean that's we, we you made this this point earlier i don't know if it was on when we were recording or not but it was like, definitely when we were recording the whole idea of whether or not i can go back yeah well that's right we were we're talking about that because yeah. how we're play that yeah that you know i hope i hope so I hope that it's not. I'm just like, man, I don't, I, just, I don't want to play this game. It's too flat. You'll just have to put the VR headset on just to like to get yourself simulate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, maybe. Kind of playing it in VR. I maybe. Guess. I will definitely be playing it with my headphones though. That's for damn sure. Pretty stoked about that whole immersive experience. But man, I mean, the ability to play it like on this big ass screen, man, it's pretty cool. The only thing is, is like we, you know, like something that uh. We had the Chuck was over here last night, and we were talking about the the PlayStation VR has like a um, what they call it mirror mirror effect, mm -hmm. where you can see like a slight filter, and like if you notice it, if it's one of those things that if you don't notice it, you don't notice it, but if you notice it, you can't kind of unnotice it. You can train yourself. I've I've noticed it, and then it was like distracting, but then it went away again. 
it's one of those situations. But when you're watching films, especially when they're like a, like a 4K Blu-ray or something that's really sharp or a native game in 4K, it has that effect, but it almost lends to the film because it just looks kind of like film grain. I certainly noticed it when I was watching Oppenheimer. Yeah, but it just looked like a film grain. I didn't notice it so much when I went into Resident Evil 8. Yeah, well, whenever it becomes like stereoscopic 3D, it helps a lot. But I've noticed that they say that you'll notice it a lot in like really bright scenes or really dark scenes. You'll notice it a little bit, but I don't know. I noticed it a little bit, but it's one of those things, again, you don't notice it until you notice it, and then it won't go away. And then some people, it's so bad that they can't even stand the PlayStation VR 2. In fact, if I think, if I remember correctly, whenever it can, no, I'm talking about a different thing. There's the Switch. Like, people were going and finding, like, they would buy a Switch, and it wouldn't have the right, the OLEDs weren't quite perfect and they kept returning them to get an oled switch that had the oleds that were perfect i was thinking that maybe i heard that some people mm. were doing that with the playstation vr2 when it came out like they got it home and the mer effect was worse in some headsets than it was in others just due to the uh, the oleds themselves but i can't say i blame them i don't like it's not that big of an issue like i said it's one of those things that if you see it and then you fixate on it you'll probably never unsee it but if you just say, fuck it, I'm just trying to play Beat Saber, I think Beat Saber is the game to play. If you want to get that shit to go away, play some Beat Saber, because it'll just put you into that zone where you just, you look right through it, and then you can go to play VR, or Resident Evil in VR, and you're just like, oh, this looks amazing. It, it looked absolutely amazing. Yeah. I'm just going to say that once again, guys. You, 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 go get a PSVR 2. If you have a PlayStation 5, you will not be disappointed. I guess I guess there are those those few people that like get the motion sickness or whatever, and they just can't do it. But I mean, again, like uh, you know, I felt like I was one of those people in the beginning a little bit. Like I even would have like playing games like Moss. I'd have to like put it down after a little bit because it would start to give me a headache. And I really attribute that to the being the the focal thing. It just wasn't very comfortable for me because I had the sweet spot was so difficult for me to find on the original PSVR one. And I think that had a dramatic effect. So I could imagine anybody like me with a similarly large head had that same issue. You know, within it, I think about like, I don't know how many of the, I'm sure that the PC premium uh, headsets out there, I'm sure there's a few that have the ability to manually adjust the lenses. But you can't, I don't, can you do that on the three, the MetaQuest 3? I'm not sure. I don't, I and that don't. could be, that could be a huge factor for me. You know what I mean? Because it just considerably changes the whole fucking thing. So I don't know how many people, because I think that, I mean, there's very, there's a distinct possibility that if I went, like if I had to play that with it narrow, that it'd probably be making me feel a little icky as well. I don't, I don't know. It's like having a fucking lazy eye or something. You know what I mean? It's just like constantly like bothering you. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's a topic I can't speak on. I have, I believe, a very normal size head. So I enjoy my VR experience. Lucky you. Yeah. Lucky you and your normal size head. It's pretty rad. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. But on the subject of the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, demo, that that was amazing. I mean, we watched the state of play. I don't know how much you remember of it. I remember, I remember most of it. Like, I obviously, I don't know it probably as well as you do, but. 
Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, based on, like, you're just sitting back, you're watching. I mean, you're familiar with the characters. I know you are. Yeah. Like, you, as soon as you saw Tifa, you were like, hey, Tifa, like, you knew who she was immediately. Oh, yeah, I knew. You know who Barrett is. Yeah. And Cloud, and you saw them, like, in that trailer, and you saw, like, the level of fidelity. I'm imagining you watched Advent Children back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, like, look at what's, like, going on, like, graphically. It's fucking phenomenal. It really is. Like, I can't believe we live in a world where, like, we're playing video games that look better than this movie that came out. That was like, oh my god, it's a Final Fantasy VII movie, and like, and it's here we are, here we are doing the thing. It's impressive as hell, man. It looks good. I mean, the combat. I I really think that you would get into the combat. I have, I have the first part on my PlayStation Plus. I think they gave it away free at one at one point in time. I just yeah. haven't played it. It's a must. I mean, it's a. It's a must play, like especially. I would be really interested to see somebody play that f- the first. That be their first Final Fantasy VII experience. You know what I mean? It would be my first Final Fantasy outside of like watching people play. It would be my first Final Fantasy set. Well, yeah. I started to play one of the PSP games. I can't remember. What oh, it was. Crisis Core. No, it was like maybe it was Crisis or Dirge of Severus or whatever. That was, it was a PS2 game. Was it? Yeah. Okay, so maybe it was Crisis Core. Yeah, Dirge of Cerberus was fucking terrible. I played beat that game. You play, I played that whole fucking game just to get a cutscene at the end of it where like the whole crew shows up and you get to see it's like Final Fantasy Advent Children level of graphics, you know, CG cutscene at the end of it with like the whole crew shows up to like fight this dude. But it's like a game where you play as Vincent mm-hmm. and it's a shooter and it's not great. Like it's not good at all. But I fucking I press I I persevered. Like I pushed through it and. I uh I beat it. I saw that cutscene for no fucking reason. But Crisis Core though, Crisis Core is a pretty pretty revered game. I've played it a little bit, but I would honestly say this was like the stepping stone into what Final Fantasy VII remake became as far as like it being like an action game but still being a bit of an RPG. Like you can still like select do abilities and stuff like that. It's got this weird roulette thing that it does up in the top corner. But I played it a little bit on the PSP. It's one of those games, it's like, it's like this is the flagship PSP game or whatever. And so that's why I played it on the PSP. But I didn't get very far in it. I kind of got burnt out on it. It's got a very, it's got a mission structure kind of thing where you just select missions off of a list. Yeah, I recall that. And that kind of turned me off immediately because I'm like Final Fantasy VII, JRPG, story-driven, being, you know, exploring the world doing all that stuff and being open and you know in that way so that turned me off immediately apparently that was a mistake on my part because apparently it's really good but then they did the um they did a remake of it on the playstation 5 and so if you wanted to play that game maybe one of these days i might i'm worried that it's like kind of a required viewing type of situation with the rebirth because zach who's the main character of crisis core you know i guess you know he's in rebirth which it might require to know what the fuck happened in crisis core they might start pulling crisis core shit into final fantasy 7 rebirth or the this new remake trilogy or whatever it's going to be a trilogy do you think that do you think there'll be a trilogy do you think they're going to go four discs on it i mean it was only a three disc game and where they're ending it well where I mean, they where they ended the first one well, that's what's interesting. It's because, like, they ended the first one, like, when you leave Midgar. And that's, like, relatively really early in the game. And then they're ending this one, presumably, at the end of the first disc. And then there's an entire second disc. So it could be six discs long. 
and then there's and then there's the fourth or third disc but the third disc is just the end of the game that's literally all you do on the third disc like you load the third disc you're in the open world and it's like you can do like you can dick around you can explore the world and do like little bullshit side quest stuff but you just go to the final boss basically and then it starts that so it's literally just the end of the fucking game so i could see them squeezing the last like the last part into the part three I think if they did it two parts, I think it would be... I don't know, though. I don't know how... Like, I gotta go back and remember the story, but I think that would I think that would be the right pacing. I think that would be the move, is to do this part two, then, then the last part just be the... Yeah, I think that would be the good move without stretching it too fucking far. But, you know, the thing is, like... It's a cash cow. Well, and I mean, the thing is, it's, it's the matter of like, you know, people will be like, well, why do you know, why the fuck did we get three fucking Final Fantasy 13 sequels? That game sucked. And it's like, because they spent those hundred million or however much fucking money they spent making that game, making all these assets and they can retool these assets and put them in a new game. So they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars making cloud, this character model of cloud that looks fucking super badass. They're going to, you know, they're using the same model in the last game. They touched it up a little bit, but they already spent the fucking stupid amount of money that it cost to build all these assets. So they're going to keep using these assets. And so, you know, maybe it's advantageous for, it's why there's a million Assassin's Creed games. Same shit. Like they just use the same assets and they keep building their asset bank, you know, but now we got AI that's going to do that shit for us. But if we want it bespoke, we've got to have four fucking sequels, which, you know, I guess is isn't the worst thing, but it kind of sucks. I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. All I know is that obviously you enjoyed the demo. No, I love the demo. I love the demo enough to not want to stop playing it because I'm just ready to like get into the full game. And you're just, you're not, you're not going to pick up that little fucking update they're going to put out. No, I don't think I'll touch it. I don't think I'll touch it because it's hard to believe. Well, because, I mean, I don't know why. You see how fucking deep into VR I am. So. Yeah, but you love Rebirth so much. Yeah, and I'm going to love playing the whole fucking game when it comes out. Because the only thing is, if it was like, if it was like, oh, this the second part of this demo is going to pick up right where the first one left off and keep going, and then this will roll right into the game, and you can just load your safe file from here, I might do that. But it's something later on in the game that I don't particularly even want spoiled for me at this point. Like, I'm sold on what the game is. I look forward to that a region, because I even know, like, I know enough about the game to even know what that region is and what it's leading up to. I know how much further down the road it is, and I'm like, I'll fucking wait. Like, I'll wait, and then we'll get there, and then I'll get to, like... Because there's certain things, like, you know, there's characters that are being introduced in this game that I haven't even, you know, that you haven't got to use. Like, there's new characters and stuff, and you will have those characters in your party by that point. And so I want to just hold off and experience, you know, experience it all at once, man. I'm pretty excited about it though. Cause dude, the graphics are like, I mean, some people would argue there, there was like a lot of environmental details, like environmental textures and like rocks and things like that, that look kind of blurry and all that. And I hope that some of that stuff is like tuned up. I mean, it could just be a product of the scope of the fucking game. Cause it seems to be huge. Like they've shown the map and like how much you can explore the fucking game in this game. And it's a big fucking map. Like, it's really big. Like, it's pretty impressive, like, how far they're going with it. And so, you know, maybe maybe there will be a lot of, like, corners that look a little iffy, you know? But other than, but your character model looks like a straight out of a fucking CG movie, 
You know what I mean? Like maybe these are all like things they're planning to address whenever they release the PS5. And this was a demo PS5 Pro. Maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Apparently, we're like halfway through the life cycle for the PS5. Presumably, that's according to the PlayStation. That's what they're saying, and that's where like. And it's not like they're not going to put out a PS. And honestly, here's the thing: a lot of people are getting all up in arms about this whole quote from this dude from the president. I guess he's the new president of Nintendo or of PlayStation. Um, saying that, you know, that they're halfway through the life cycle. And I'm like, well, it launched in what, 2020? So it launched at the end of 2020. Yeah, but nobody was able to get one. But that's irrelevant to the, to the long life cycle of the console. I mean, I get people's argument that they're like, it doesn't seem like it's halfway because we're still getting PlayStation 4 games for this fucking thing. But it's been out for what, almost four years now? Or are we at three? Well, what I'm wondering is if that's just like all relative anyway, because they're, they are planning on, coming out with the ps5 pro well i don't uh, know they're talking about just specifically the well, base model the ps5 no, in general just, yeah because i mean look at i mean historically they don't even report numbers of the playstation 4 pro because it's the same ecosystem that's the playstation 4 as far as they're concerned so the ps5 pro would still be the same thing which that's what when they say that whenever they said that that's the only thing that made me think like hmm maybe there's not going to be a ps5 pro as sure as everybody is of it, and all these people saying it's happening, it's happening, it's happening, and then they come out and say that, it's like I don't know. But I don't know by their metric if the. I mean, I mean, I just look at dates, but the PS4 Pro seemingly came out about halfway through the life cycle of the PS4. You know, but it's like to, the thing is, like I feel like a lot of media is taking it and like kind of because he said the latter half. And then now everybody's like, oh, they're saying it's at the end of its life cycle. It's like, no, he said the latter half. Yeah, yeah. Like the second half. Like to say you're middle-aged, that means to say like you got a whole other half of your life. You you cross the halfway point. Like, and I don't think that's completely unreasonable because what we are, I'm going to say three and a half years. Three and a half years? It's four years. I mean, we're, it's the end of this year would be four years. Right. Yeah. So we're three years. I mean, six years is kind of short. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. What bothers me even more about the statement, it's not always that it bothers me, but for them to say that there's no, there will be no major first party known franchise games coming out until 2015. No, outside of Helldivers 2. Well, that's not, I mean, that game already came out. Well, I know. That's what I'm saying, though. But um, there's like going to be nothing. But they're talking about big for like your God of Wars, other known franchises like that, which ultimately could also mean that they have like some shit that's not known. But a lot of people are taking it as to say that, like, Sony's a once again, because last year, the only first party game that launched all year from Sony was Spider Man 2. So this year, it's looking like there's maybe not going to be anything with the exception of Helldivers 2. But I mean, Helldivers 2 is, I mean, it is a first party game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it is a first party game, but it's not like, you know, Spider Man 2. It's not something of that caliber, you know. But, and I mean, it's even a budget game, it's only a $40 game. So. I don't know, but that I, it seems as if like this year is going to be third party all the way, but we still haven't had like a big PlayStation showcase yet. Like that comes later, like this summer like in June ish, maybe. Yeah. And around, presumably around the same time Xbox is doing their shit. Yeah. Presumably that will announce like the more of the games that are going to come out towards the end of the year, you know, and there will hopefully be something. Maybe there won't be anything first party. Maybe like they said, they won't maybe they'll have announcements for things that are coming out 2025 like my theory is that if they have like a june showcase that they'll probably be the game they're talking about that's going to come out in 2025 is probably ghost of tsushima too 
because that's the only game I can think of that's been in development for that long that we know is an active development. That's not like the maybe this uncharted game that they've, because I don't know if you're aware of that. There was a commercial that they aired a long time ago that had a shot of a girl that looked very much like, uh, um, Cassie Drake, like an older Cassie Drake, like in a cave, like looking at like some cave stuff with like a torch. And they were like, like, oh, a, this is like clearly a tease for a new Uncharted starring Nathan Drake's daughter or whatever. Seems like I vaguely remember that, but... Uh, the Naughty Dog has come out and said that they are not working on an Uncharted game. So the question is, does Sony have some other studio working on it? They are working on a new Last of Us game. Yeah, that's definitely happening. But the the big question is, people are wondering, like by the statement that they made about the last of us thing. And then the statements that they've made regarding other, other stuff is, are they, was the, was the last of us? Cause a lot of people were hoping that the last of us multiplayer was just, uh, like a smaller crew that was working on that. And then they had a bigger crew working on like their next big game. And then the last of us part three would be the game after that. But now people are starting to wonder if The Last of Us Part 3 is going to be their next game. And then they have just been working on The Last of Us multiplayer like full bore this whole fucking time. And we're not going to see a game from Naughty Dog for five years. You know? And that's that's the scary part about like what is going on right now with everything. And it's going to go into even to the, ne- the topic about Xbox about like what is going on right now with gaming. Because it's like you could say, oh, well, Xbox needs to fucking do something. But like if you look at their future calendar of Xbox, they have way more shit to look forward to than yeah, Sony does. They got Bill right Gates' now. money; they can just go. We're buying you. We're Not even that. You. I'm talking about we're games that you. they have been building on their own. Like you've got Fable. You've got you know there's a new Gears of War game that's going to be coming out soon. You know they've been working on that. There's the the Fable game is a big one for me. Um, then they've got like the Avowed game, which is you know like that. They've got. Um, whatever the indiana jones game that they're got they've got coming out and all that but uh there's there's a bunch of games that are lined out that are you know these xbox exclusive games yeah they're filled out that and playstation, that PlayStation not. does not exactly and, unless we wish see i had better better uh memory because there's there's some other ones that i'm missing unless we see something at this showcase that's coming up like but again like anything that we'd see like if it's like if they do a showcase in june or in the middle of the year like odds are it's just going to be shit that's coming out at the end of the year and then in 2025. So there's a distinct possibility that what they said is true and that their first big first, their next big first, it's, it isn't a matter of it being a known or unknown first party thing. It's just they're, they're not going to have any big first party games until 2025. There's a distinct chance that in June they announce, hey, how, they, how, are they gonna, out how are they going to roll out like through a holiday season trying to sell more PS5s without something? I, that's what I would like to know too. I mean, I don't know what it would be, though. Like, I really don't. Like, I mean, honestly, now, I mean, for me, it, it's it's an interesting thing because it's like, you know, I paid more for that PlayStation VR 2 than when I played for the PS5. Yeah. And, you know, I don't regret my purchasing decision because I'm seeing, like, the catalog and the things that are coming out for the PlayStation VR 2 that I'm excited about. There's not a lot, but there's also a lot of stuff on there I still haven't experienced yet. So now I'm like even concerned. I'm like, well, they ain't even fucking filling out the first party big stuff, the stuff that's actually selling, presumably, and making them the big money. Like they're not even really like, so what's going to happen on the VR front? So I'm maybe, maybe 
they're they're trying to like walk that tightrope. Maybe that June June showcase has like a big place to maybe it's Astrobot two. Astrobot Restoration yes. two or something like that that they announce or something of that nature. And there's like these third party partnerships. Maybe Resident Evil Nine comes out the end of this uh, year. Maybe some media molecule stuff. Media molecule, I don't know, because ever since Dreams, they've been radio silent. That shit got shut down. Uh, I heard that a bunch of people got laid off, I think is what it was, and I don't know what they're doing. That's now. a damn fucking shame. Well, dude. it's because Dreams was a fucking failure. Like, it was a complete fucking I really, failure. I hadn't played it, but it exactly. Like I wanted, exactly. I, I bought it. Don't tell me exactly I bought but it. But you're not, you're not keeping it an active ecosystem. You're not keeping it in the if, fucking mind. If I had my fucking PlayStation VR, I might. But you don't have to have a VR to play it. The issue was... I wanted to play it in It VR. needed to have fucking PC crossplay. It needed to be on PC day and date. It needed to be that so they could build up that ecosystem. You know, but the fact that you... Well, they're working even, on that, that even, whole thing. Yeah, but the, the, the game's already dead, though. They've already... They've already... They're already done. You know what I mean? Like, No, I get that. No, I'm, I'm saying PlayStation. I'm not talking about Dreams. You're talking about PlayStation working on being more... Yes. Like, online... Well, not or, just uh, online, or but yeah, they're PC. they're working on like simultaneous PC release. Yeah, that's what, yeah, they're they're talking about having yeah. Well, they even said simultaneous. They do like a year cadence. Whatever but, it is, but Hell Divers was the example because it's a live service game, which makes sense. You know, they need to have as big of a community online community as possible from day one. Which that's where like it's funny like they did that for Hell Divers, but. They didn't think of doing that for dreams. Like, I guess they learned their lesson. I mean, it is what it is, but it's unfortunate. I'm just hoping that maybe we see some media molecule stuff. I'm not saying it's impossible. Their games, the kind of games, that's what's so funny about it. They had a sack boy game at the launch of the PS5. That that wasn't by media molecule though. I didn't see that. Yeah, it wasn't them. It was some other team. Well, that's a fucking bummer. Maybe because media molecule was working on the next big thing. Media molecule hasn't been working on little big planet since the second one. Like the third one. Oh, yeah, was the third. I, I didn't even finish the third one. I didn't like it. Yeah, because it was made by a different group. They yeah. were working on Dreams. And that's kind of the thing. It's like, I don't know. It's it's hard to gauge is my point. It's like, okay, so Media Molecule, Dreams has been dead for a couple years now. Their games in the past have been smaller games that could conceivably be knocked out in a couple years. But they also spent like eight fucking years working on Dreams. You know what I mean? So it's kind of hard to gauge. It's like, well, if they try to go some stupid, ambitious shit like that, then yeah, it probably will be another fucking six years before they release a game. If Sony allows them to do that, there's a very yeah. distinct possibility. Sony's like, no, fuck you. Make some fucking game about your hat and it's fucking cute and whimsical or you're fucking out of here. <laughs> you're fucking done. And make it virtual reality as well because we need more shit for this thing. I hope that's what's going on. I don't understand it. Like, I, I just, I can't wrap my head around, like, Sony has all these fucking studios. It's like, what are they all doing? Like, for real. Like, what the fuck are they all doing? Like, it's nuts. It's like, think about that. Think about you have, like, Sony, and, like, it's like, what are these studios doing? And then look at Capcom. And they're just like, oh, well, here's another game. Oh, here's Dragon's Dogma 2. Here's, we're working on a new fucking Monster Hunter. Oh, you know Resident Evil's coming. Here's your fucking four remake. Here's your VR mode. Here's your VR mode for that. You know, here's your VR mode for Village or whatever. It's like I wouldn't be surprised if Capcom came at us with a fucking Resident Evil Seven uh, VR mode, like like a re a, re, a PlayStation VR two mode. That would be interesting. Where they integrate fully with the full gun control and all that. That would be interesting. That would be cool as hell. Yeah, I would love to play that again like that. That would be really cool. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that. 
because Capcom is just like on it, man. They get it. Like, I mean, you did your whole survey thing. I don't know if that's how they're getting their good information. Who knows, man? But they're already on the fucking pulse. And I mean, this is the thing is like, you think about like, okay, you know, the Resident Evil 4 remakes. I mean, okay, they said a long time ago they were going to remake Resident Evil 2 and everybody was like, yes, that. And they were like, okay. And they did that. But like Dragon's Dogma 2, like to, they've been working on that game for like seven fucking years. And when it comes around, everybody's like, man, it'd be really cool if they made a fucking sequel to Dragon's Dogma. That would be badass. And it's like, boom. There you go, motherfucker. And it's like, but they, like, so they were like, they're doing some fucking psychic shit. Like, they're on it. Like, they're on it. So. Basically, what you're saying is, why can't Sony get on the same train? I mean, yeah. Or why aren't they? Yeah, I mean. Presumably. Yeah, it's a fucking problem. It's a real problem, man. And apparently, it all comes down to this. I made this point before about that apparently they they are doubling down on these live service games and that's what all their studios are doing is figuring out how to make this live service game that's going to make sony fucking stupid amounts of money that i don't know if that's their end all be all or if they're just trying to make that money so they can focus on the first party stuff and still make their money here you know find their Fortnite and make billions or whatever and then but what they don't i mean they have to understand that like people that get a live service game usually get one and they you know what I mean? stay with it. Yeah, it's like if you're a Destiny person, you're Destiny. And there's 16 million people playing Destiny or whatever the fuck. Those 16 million people are playing Destiny. They're not like playing Destiny and also checking out that other live service game and that other live service game the way you would any other kind of multiplayer shooter or single player game. Like live service games are like a commitment. And if it's like if you guys are releasing like six goddamn live service games at once, you're just competing with yourself. Yeah, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, like I don't even get like, and surely they know that. Surely they're smart enough to understand this. And I just don't know if they plan on doling them out over. I mean, how does that work? Like, if they've got seven studios working on seven live service games, like, how many of these you plan on releasing a year that you're not like, you know, stepping on your own toes? And so, how long about the fucking? How long? How long is this roadmap? Are we talking about like the last one's going to release in 2033? And then, then you discover like, oh, this isn't really working. And then meanwhile, it's a fucking desert when it comes to first party games. I don't know, man. It's starting to fucking worry me a bit though. I don't think you should be too worried about it. I, I mean, the third party is definitely carrying it. It really is. And that's honestly back to the subject. Cause you know, this became the PSVR two podcast. I'm going to title this one. Um, the PSVR two is being carried by independent developers. Like, the best games on there, for the most part, are these, like, handful of people, like, one-person teams and shit. It's like, oh, this dude's been working on this game for five years. You know, those are the kind of games that are carrying it. It's like, you don't, you can't even, like, lean on, like, big third parties for good games. Like, I, I and this is a subject we'll just Outside talk. of Capcom. Yeah, Capcom is, like, they're the fucking champions of it. They truly are. Like, they're the, the ones. Because, like, they're not even doing some bullshit where it's, like, you know, this Metro game that's, you know, it's not being made by 4A games. It's being made by another studio. The studio that's doing it, I forget their name, but like they've done a few um, good VR games. And so like they're kind of suited for it. But like, you know, Capcom's like, nah, we're going to fucking do it ourselves. And then they kill it. It's like some fucking badass, like, you know, exactly what you would expect out of a cool VR experience. And like Capcom does it all in house. You know, Sony doesn't even have but one. I guess they have the Firewall Ultra or whatever the fuck. And that game, 
was a really good PSVR one game, but the sequel that they released on PSVR two is apparently dog shit. I don't. I never played. Either apparently, either. it's really bad. It's just like it's another you know online shooter VR game. But as, the first one was like revolutionary in that sense. But as, then, as we were sitting here talking, I was thinking how badass that House of the Dead in VR would be. Yeah, and uh, honestly, uh, that uh, Crossfire game. This isn't House of the Dead, but it's uh, they uh, people are uh, comparing it to Time Crisis. And then it has that kind of cool time crisis, like over the top mm-hmm. shooter. Well, can you imagine just being like on in a game on rails in VR? Yeah, have you played the House of the Dead or the or the what is it? Not the House of the Dead. Of fucking, uh, that's what you just said. And this is what I said. Um, no, awesome. it's um um whatever the fuck it's called. That VR switchback game, and then the Until Dawn game where you're in the roller coaster. Yeah, those games are insane. I, like the game I played at fucking Dave and Buster's was on rails, but it was fun as shit. Yeah, there's a lot of games like that. There's a lot of games. You can like grab and fucking duck and come up and fucking pop up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of games like that. It's just reload. What it was is that like early on in VR, there was a lot of games like that because they were trying to mitigate motion sickness by, yeah. by just putting you on an on rails experience. But now people are like, no, man. Like, so like, like if you were reviewing VR games, you'll see like a dude would like knock a point off because of that oh fuck that it's like on rails they're like it's on rails like like it's you know that guy it's like this is kind of how their mentality is it's like like, oh this is like a vr experience rather than like a vr game gives a shit or whatever and i mean i guess it depends on the value proposition if and if it is if it says what it is it is what it is paying 15 dollars 20 dollars for it maybe i could fucking do that on rails like i get that yeah you can't sell me this game for 70 fucking dollars no fuck no no i have a hard time paying that much for any fucking vr yeah which I mean, you know, Gran Turismo Seven. How much did you fucking pay for that? Worth it. Worth it. I mean, it's pretty fucking good. I know that. I think it's funny. I just never expected the PlayStation VR two to be the thing that like that holds me over while I'm trying to like waiting for this fucking Sony drought or whatever to end. I'm like, oh well. I could barely pull myself away from it long enough to get interested in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, as hyped as I am for that game. And it's like... Well, you know once it comes out, that's exactly what you're going to do. So you might as well get all the VR time you can in right now. Yeah, but I was just saying, my point being is that I can't believe that the PlayStation... I didn't expect the PlayStation VR 2 to be the thing that like pulls me through this year. Because there's games like that I want to play on the PlayStation VR 2. And there's a bunch of games that are out that I want to play. I'm hoping I don't burn through them in the first few months, and I'm just like, well, fuck this thing. That was cool, and then I can just buy your PSVR yeah. at a discounted price? Right. No, I would just let you borrow it until that next big game came out that I wanted to play. Well, that would be pretty rad. But, I mean, there are third-party games that are coming out, like I said, for the PlayStation. It's just, it's just very crazy that this is where we're at. I made this point, you know, several episodes ago. No, you did that this was going to become a problem, and here we are. Maybe they'll maybe they'll just throw a humdinger at us, you know. I hope they fucking do. I mean, this is Sony. Like, I mean, I, the only reason I bought a PS4 was because of that E3 where they were like, "Final Fantasy VII remake, fucking Shimu Three, God of War, fucking Ghost of Tsushima, fucking." I can't even think of all the other crazy shit they showed off that year. It was just like, oh my god, fucking Kingdom Hearts Three, like. <laughs> Boner. Final Fantasy 15. That was whenever they announced that it was Final Fantasy 15 and it wasn't the re whatever the fuck the versus 13 thing that it was because that was been like in development for like 10 years and nobody had heard anything from it. And they're like, well, we're working on that. We decided, fuck it. We're going to make this 15. 
just like holy shit this looks nuts like that was the year i was like i gotta get a ps4 like i gotta do it and then i got a ps4 and i got like the witcher 3 and the first game i ever beat on it was that batman arkham knight you know like and it was badass it was bad fucking ass and i got a ps5 because i wanted a ps5 because there was all these games i was waiting and i was like waiting for those big titles and it's like now Sony's like, well, we're about halfway through. We're about wrap. Like there's like, it's like the bartender cleaning the bar. It's like, well, <laughs> time to like time to time to turn it in, guys. Like, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, time to shut her down. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? We'll see what happens. Well, we will. I see. feel like I say that a lot. We'll see what happens, but we'll. Well, because that's the thing. Is in truth, you don't know. We will see. You don't know. I mean, you know, there's always that thing of like Sony. There's Sony has a, a history of like sucking when things are good. It's like if they get it too good, they end up sucking, and then somebody's got to come around and be like check them a little bit, and then they come back strong. That's what happened with the PlayStation Three. They came out all cocky. They're like, "We're going to charge you six hundred dollars for this fucking machine, and you're going to pay it for layer." And Ridge Racer and giant uh giant enemy crabs. All the best games. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, really terrible ports because <laughs> the cell architecture's a motherfucker. But whatever, you know. Yeah, whatever. But they learned and then the PS4 fucking just dominated. And now the PS5, as much as it's still dominating, they're like because I mean, here's the thing too. They're kicking ass like in all metrics, but they did not meet their sales expectations, apparently. That was another part of this whole quote is that they were discussing how they didn't meet their sales projections and they had to reduce them and so i don't know man and then like all these layoffs going on we got a big we got an indie filled world in the future that's that's what's going to happen that's my theory like these half a million or half a billion dollar budget games i mean that remember whenever grand theft auto 5 came out and they said it cost $200 billion to make it. And everybody was like, oh my God. That's an unfathomable amount of money. That is an unfathomable amount of money to make a video game. Well, and in now, general. And now there's like most fucking big AAA games that we talk about, like Spider-Man 2. That was one of those games. That game cost multiple hundreds of millions of dollars to make. Not sure exactly what numbers, but I guarantee you it's up there. And I played it. I beat it. I paid for it. I bought it full price. So they got my money. I'm hoping that that did the job, made it worth it, but apparently not. Apparently not. But I mean, I guess it's the question of when you spend five years on like, so so say that's that. So it's $250 million to make this game. That game makes $500 million. You made $250 million. Okay. Sounds like a good investment. Sounds like a good fucking, you won. Over a five-year stretch, for like a major corporation that's traded on a public market that, you know, requires the economic law of consistent growth and all these things that publicly traded companies require, you know, like, is that a good, I don't know. I don't know if that's a good profit margin or not. You know what I mean? Cause you're talking about a five year endeavor. It's like, and it's so over a five year period, you're going to invest hundreds of millions of dollars into this product. And then if you're lucky, you're going to double your money or, you lose money and then try to make it up later on down the road. Well, by life's like, a gamble, you know? Yeah. It's just, it's a, the five year gamble or a six year, you know, it's a long fucking gamble, man. Like, well, they can't exactly revert back to like not making these games. So once you've given 
the general public that you put out anything less and you're like well you're going to get shit on yeah the internet, i guess it, i guess it's just like what does a modern gaming crash look like you know what i mean <laughs> like, yeah that's, it's a little bit different than the atari days you could be like well yeah because the games were shit of course nobody wanted them and it's like now we're in a world where the games more more than most are not shit you know like there are some really good games out there but apparently the it's not sustainable apparently to make the games that we play that we're like oh that's amazing that to do that it's not sustainable i mean even sean layton the president of sony before this before um um the dude that just left i don't i freaking uh jim ryan yeah the guy that was the president before jim ryan he said that that our current model of development is not sustainable and then here we are and that that again that guarantee you that's why sony was chasing that fucking live service game is because they wanted that big cash cow whether they are just gonna be like this is what we do now or whether they were gonna do the right thing in my mind of like we're gonna leverage this money to make yeah, and distribute games. it to yeah yeah use that money to fund all the cool shit yeah the, the creative stuff and so we can be remain like this creative cool company but like i don't know man we shall see but Luckily, I mean, Cap- it doesn't appear luckily, like... Luckily, Capcom's still out there fighting yeah. a good fight. <laughs> Fucking hey, thank you, Capcom. I'm really loving on Capcom right now. They oh, really dude. hit me hard with the, the Resident Evil Village, and then the, I haven't even tried RE4. I haven't. I haven't tried the VR mode, though. You should let me borrow... <laughs> I'll, go, I'll go try it. No. You gotta go You gotta go Uber. Yeah, you're right. I do gotta go Uber. But well, all I was gonna say is that I don't. I don't think they can... Unless third party support is going to be that great throughout the rest of the year, I don't see them floating through the holiday season selling PS5s with no fucking shit. Right? It doesn't seem like Xbox is going to have that problem, though. And I mean, I'm taking this even one step further because we're just talking about PS5s. How are they going to push fucking PS5s without like a big holiday game? How are they going to push the PSVR 2 if they don't? keep putting games out for it you know what i mean yeah and i'm not saying that like you know the big thing when it came out was the doom and gloom all this like oh there's no games for it you know hopefully sony supports it and 11 months later there's like a there's like 100 games or whatever that have come out this year and the 11 months that it's been out and that's not bad and there's more likely going to be a lot of third-party stuff like that to come out but it's like if you guys can't even get like a big triple a normal game for your platform like what are the odds that there's going to be like a big triple a fucking vr game coming from your asses like do you plan anything like do they have a single fucking big vr game like in development who the fuck even knows knows? yeah who knows crazy it's crazy that you can't you wouldn't assume that like nintendo released a goddamn handheld and they're like yeah but we didn't plan on any games for it yeah y'all get some games from us next year i mean the wii u is a failure and the only people that supported it was Nintendo. No, I supported it. Well, you know what I mean, as far as making making titles yeah. for it. Like, they were the only ones that really supported that in Ubisoft. Ubisoft was definitely down with Nintendo during that era. But, uh, yeah, they, they make this thing. They're the only ones that support it. And, like, Sony's doing the exact opposite with the PlayStation VR 2, apparently. And their fucking PlayStation 5, apparently. Presumably. I mean, again, they own a lot of fucking studios. They've been doing this for a while. What are those people doing? What are those people fucking doing? I hope they're making all VR games. They're like, fuck it. Well, speaking of owning a bunch of fucking studios, it doesn't look like Microsoft's going to be having this problem at all. No, I mean, that's the thing, too. I mean, I mean, well, everybody, everybody was worried about it, and this is going into our next topic. Everybody was worried about it because it seems like they're having problem on the hardware front. Well, they are. Yeah. They are. 
Like, they're not selling Xboxes for shit. I have one. I like it. Yeah, and there were, like, rumors and stuff going around, like, well, these games aren't going to be exclusive. Where are, where are exclusive, ti- exclusive titles? And well, shit like so that. the thing was, like, he's talking about, you know, this podcast thing that they did, and, like, everybody was kind of, you know, hyping this thing up of, like, because there was these rumors going ahead of it. I mean, there's been rumors for a while that Hi-Fi Rush is going to come to other platforms, and then it was... Um, Oh, I forget what the other one was. There was another a pentiment was gonna or pentiment was gonna come out on other platforms, and these are like smaller budget games. And you could be like, okay, well that's excusable. And then more rumors started coming out. They're like, no, it's Starfield. Starfield's gonna be coming to other platforms. And then it was the Indiana Jones and the Great Circle is gonna be coming to other platforms. And these are things that you could kind of conceivably understand. It's like, well, if their console's not selling and they're trying to maximize their profits on these projects that like they got to make a, they got to sell a lot of fucking copies. And if it's like physically impossible for them to sell enough copies with the platforms that they have available, they got to jump on other, other platforms. But the thing is that on their little podcast, they said four games are coming to other platforms, but they didn't say what games they were. They didn't say what games they were, but I don't know, which I think is kind of bullshit, but they said that the the studios that are making them are going to make those calls or whatever. So or whenever they want to announce it. But the rumors were like Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, Starfield, and then Gears of War were the four that were like announced. Oh, they thought. That, sure. Well, the ones that were like publicized in the media as being the ones that were leaked that, that, that encouraged or stimulated Microsoft to make this statement about it. They say that they'd had this conference, they, this plan for months the podcast thing that they did where they were just discussing their future plans, their plans with the community, which honestly there wasn't a whole lot to pull from it with the exception to say that they plan on like, obviously they're not going full third party. Like what everybody was worried about. Everybody was saying like, Oh, they're going to announce that, you know, Microsoft is going full fucking third party. That's not what they, no, that's not what's happening at all. No, no they're, they, and they, they're basically, you know, there's, I thought it was funny when we were watching it because it was, they kept saying things like, well, we have the biggest third party, you know, platform in the world. And you ought to, and like talking about their publishers and shit because they bought Activision Blizzard King. It's like, yeah, but it's only been a few months. Like you can't really claim that like they were talking like they've been just like putting shit on other platforms for decades, but they just bought the shit like three months ago, but they're yeah. acting like, you know, it was really funny the way they kept saying shit like that. It's like, yeah, okay. But you know, we know that call of duty is going to be multi-platform. They said, um, like yeah, that, that that was a part of the deal that they had with um with the the whole FTC thing. Like they had to agree whatever his compromise with Sony. I forget how long it is. I don't know if it's like ten or twenty years that it has to Call of Duty has to remain multi platform. But um, twenty years seems like a long time. I mean, honestly, but ten years doesn't seem like very long because when you put it in context, well, it depends. I mean, Call of Duty is. They're not annualized anymore, but they're on like a two-year cadence now. So that is quite a bit. But when you talk about like normal game development, it's like five years is game development time. Two games. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Maybe. That's why like, you know, like Todd Howard started talking about, he's like, well, you know, I don't know how many more games I'm going to make. Like, when we it takes us fucking seven years to make a goddamn game, <laughs> like, it's like, fuck, dude, I don't know how many more of these I got in me. Like, it's crazy. Like, it's fucking absurd. I don't know what the fucking solution is. I mean, I... Well, I think we all know what the solution is, but just nobody wants to admit it. And the solution is AI. 
AI. AI tools. Yeah. AI assisted tools, man. Things we're like there. We're there. I mean, we're man. there and we're using it. It's just there's a whole moral conundrum that's going on now. It's like, again, we had that whole conversation about UE5 and what it can do with procedural asset generation. All you hear is the positives about it. And I don't get me wrong. I think that there's a shitload of positives. I mean, I don't think that your argument is unfounded of like, well, do those people really want those jobs? Like, do you really want to just sit in an office and make trees forever? Or do you want to go make a video game? Like, did you get into making video games to make video games? Or did you just get into art asset design because you like doing art? Assets? Oh, exactly. Yeah. And you could still do that. You just got to do it on a smaller capacity. You're just not going to be in a goddamn. Well, these larger a tree farm, right? Like a fucking well, these... digital tree farm. Well, well, I was saying these, these people that are in these larger companies where they spent time like trying to develop games and they get stuck in this and whatever particular thing they're doing in whatever art department, they can branch off now with like three or four other people that got laid off and make their own fucking game. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, you know, that's the that's story what you would hope would happen. That's the, that's the hopeful story. Yeah. That's what you always, you know, you would hope. And I hope that happens. I hope that these AI tools allow somebody to make a game the quality of an Uncharted with just two people over a couple year period. Well, not two people. Whatever. A team. Even five people. to 10, 20 people. Like that's, sure. that's an amazing group yeah. of fucking people. Yeah. I mean, I hope that's that's the world that it creates, like yeah. where it doesn't require a team of hundreds of people in order to make it. But I don't, I don't know. That changes the hundreds of millions of dollars. It's just going to be very abrupt and disruptive. You know, like that's what's going on right now. Like it's a apparently it's a fucking cutthroat business as far as like being an animator or anything like that or any level of like in in game development because people are getting laid off by so many studios at the same time that there's a lot of unemployed fucking game developers right now, like a lot, you know, a lot of them got severances and things like that. But like, hopefully, hopefully that they're working on some shit. Like hopefully that's, you know, but that's, I mean, I guess it is what it is, man. It's like, you know, you take it into any job. It's like, you know, you hear like these small stories, like, Oh, the fucking, they shut down the coal mine. They shut down the wheel factory and this whole fucking town is unemployed. It's like, you know, Software, video game making is hard. And that's, you know, it's a hard job, but like, you know, them's the bricks, I guess. You know what I mean? It's like the end of the day. I mean, like people get laid off and that sucks, but like, you know, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Pick up the pieces, fucking go make a video game, I guess. Yeah. That's what you got into it for. So I guess that's it. And that's the only solution that we have is let, let, let the AI come. And hopefully the tools don't completely suck. I think we're going to go through a very strong janky period where there's going to be a lot of jankiness associated with AI developed games or AI tools where you're going to get games that are like, that's a little weird. But I also think that there's going to be a, a, a premium market on like handcrafted games. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that'll be cool too, I guess. You know, they'll be like, well, you know, we spent eight years making this fucking game, you know, by hand. And we're like, oh, I'll buy it. I don't know if you're making any fucking money off of it, but I'll buy it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is, man. But but no, I mean, I, as far as Xbox, you know, I didn't expect them to go fully multi-platform. I assumed that they were at least going to announce what games they were going to actually go. But I, it seemed pretty clear that they just touched on that just to fucking touch on it yeah get I, it I done do, and over with because well it, i do believe that the they was. planned on having this podcast already 
And they were like, we'll just bring it up during that. Well, it seemed to me like a lot of content creators out there on YouTube were thinking it was going to be like a live podcast. Oh, they thought it was, yeah. Yeah, they had their shit all set up, ready to go and react with it. Well, like, there wasn't a lot of information about it. I mean, I got the time, but I didn't like exactly go into great detail of what the fuck it was going to be. I was surprised, like, because I thought it was supposed to be at what, what time was it supposed to be on at two? I think that's what it was, yeah. Yeah, and then you said that you were, like, watching it whenever you walked up. And yeah. it was before, too. And, like, people were already reacting to it and stuff. I had no idea that it would already went up. I was balls deep in Synapse. Yeah, I got stuck in traffic, and I found it, like, when, when it, who was it, Nintendo Prime or something that had it pulled up? And Well, it didn't have it pulled up. They had their stream going, waiting on it to, yeah. like, show up. Because apparently they didn't have, they, everybody was like, well, where's the link? Where's the link? Where's the link? It should be right here on the Xbox page. And then maybe they're just going to go fucking live with it without setting yeah. shit up first. What a big hype to fucking nothing. Because, yeah. like, I mean, there really wasn't shit. I mean, it is, I guess it is kind of a big deal because it's true. They are, four of their Microsoft games are going multi-platform. If they succeed wildly, there's a chance that they might expand that in the future. We'll see. I still think, I mean, the, my, my whole thing in the beginning was that, I mean, I know this is not your take at all because <laughs> you hate Microsoft, but uh, um, I'm genuinely of the mind of like, if they were going full multi-platform, like they're, they're throwing in the towel too quickly because they've got a good lineup. Like they actually do have a good opportunity to t- gain some traction on Sony this year. If they, if there's like some big fucking games, if they can't, the big games come out this year. Like, and Sony ain't got shit. Like, I already bought in on the Xbox. I already did it because of Starfield. Was that a good decision or not? I don't know. I enjoy Game Pass. There's a lot of cool shit I've been playing on it. You know, Pal World was great. Fucking, I can play Age of Empires 4 on it. It's a good time. I beat Halo Wars 1 and 2. Or no, I beat Halo Wars 2. And then I went back and played all the original Halos. I beat 1, 2, and 3. And then I play. I skipped, uh, I skipped 4. And then I went ahead and played five because I'd never played it before. I actually enjoyed five and then I'm I'm ready to jump into infinite, you know. And that's all on my Xbox, you know. So and then they've got Fable, they've got Avowed, they've got this these different games. The the I mean, I'm trying to think of which one of those games are actually coming out. Hellblade, that was another big one. Which I'll play through that one. That one's I'm I'm not expecting I'm expecting an experience from that. I'm expecting like an eight hour cool experience, but it's not like a game that I'm going to revere and play over and over again. That's how I feel about the first one. Yeah. Like I played it. I recommend anybody play it just to be like, wow, that was kind of trippy. But like, I don't see myself like loving it because I'm not even really into that more, that morose kind of gothic style shit anyways. It's not really my bag, but I just, I, I really, I really do feel like Microsoft actually has a fucking chance. I mean, even without the Activision bullshit, like I get, I, I honestly don't know. I mean, there's the call of duty thing, but I just, I can't wrap my head around. They, they spent so much money acquiring this, that by any metric, if they were to, if the, if Activision, uh, Blizzard and King were to continue on the profit trajectory that they're already on right now, it will take like 20 something years for Microsoft to recoup their fucking what they spent on it. And that's them being multi-platform. Yeah. So like what the fuck? And like a predominant amount of the numbers of that of that money is coming from fucking Sony and shit. So I don't know why the fuck they bought them to be honest. I don't know if it was like I don't know what the fuck. I don't know if it's the right move or not. 
Because you could, I mean, I guess if you could do like, okay, Call of Duty and these things are going to continue to be multi-platform, but we're going to take this game and put it on Game Pass and make it exclusive and just try to like slowly leech people over into Game Pass until eventually one day they can just be like, yeah, Call of Duty's on Game Pass now and it's not going to be on PlayStation. Maybe that's the future. I mean, they own it. Yeah. 20 years from now, I don't think that anybody's going to stop them from doing that. I think everybody's going to be over it. Nobody's going to think twice about it. They're like, well, they own it. They've owned it for 20 years. It's their fucking game. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. So we'll fucking see. But it's just like, I don't think that, I don't even think that that was even necessary for them to even be, to be competitive. Like with, 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 Sony, with everything else, that with they Sony dropping the ball, like honest to God, like I think if they would have just stuck their guns and been like, we're doubling down. Cause I mean, dude, they're supposed to be, they're making a fucking perfect dark game. They announced that shit like four years ago. Like we're getting to that time where these start, these games should start to get fucking announced. And like Phil Spencer said it a while back, like they were, they were setting themselves up to where they wanted to have a, a major first party release every quarter, at least one major first party game every quarter. Sony's on one a fucking year right now, maybe none. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, fuck, yeah. if they can just nail that one game, like Fable, <clears throat> fucking this, fucking that, whatever it is, like whatever that next big game is, like I can't think of the calendar. Because I mean, that we got a lot of that from the Insider Direct. Like, you know, we've got Avowed, uh, so it's like Hellblade, Avowed, and I don't remember the exact order, like, because the, the, was the Indiana Jones game announced for this year, for 2024? I don't recall. Or was it a later thing? I think it was announced for like this year. And I think the, the theory is that it's just going to be the big holiday game. And like, that's their fucking four, you know, that's their quarter cadence that they are on. And then like, I bet you next year it'll be Q1 will be like fable Q2. Maybe he's fucking maybe Q4 of next year is fucking perfect dark. And it's like, apparently they're calling that, um, a quadruple a game quadruple a. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck that means. We'll find out. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but it's Perfect Dark, and I mean, everybody loved Perfect Dark, so we'll fucking see. But they built an entire new studio. And Perfect Dark it. is certainly going to be exclusive, no matter what. Yeah, of course. I mean, that's, that's what I was, yeah, so I mean, who even fucking knows? And I mean, I, I don't know if Rare's just continuing. I mean, there's there's their live service games, like your Sea of Thieves. They've got Rare working on that. I don't know if Rare's got something else up their sleeve they've been working on. They could be making it, because uh, Microsoft has said that the i think it was phil spencer said something to the nature of that he would love to see a new banjo game or they would love to revisit banjo and there's i mean they could very well be like rare get on it make a new banjo game like your your live service pirate game is doing great you got your skeleton crew adding content to that get out there and make a new fucking ratchet or uh, banjo kazooie game and i mean i'm not a big can banjo kazooie game but microsoft coming out and putting like a full full budgeted you know, action platformer and that, like, fuck yeah, go you. Like, you're you're doing it. Like, this is the shit that Sony should be doing. Oh, absolutely. And what's bullshit is that Sony could not only be doing it, but they'd be doing this shit for us in VR, and they're not. What the fuck, man? Yep. Like, Astrobot was like that thing. Like, when that came out, they are like, oh my god, this is the Super Mario 64 fucking VR. Like, it's here. What the fuck, guys? Like, what the fuck? Like, the only games that exist like that, besides, like, you have that, and like Moss, there's another game I saw a trailer for, and I wish I knew the name of it, but it's like, um, it's another, it's a third party game, but it's a game similar to like an Astrobot where you're controlling a little girl and she like, I think she like shoots people with paint or something like that, or like maybe some sort of cannon, but it's very much Astrobot. Like you're running around the levels and you're like from that perspective, Moss, mm -hmm. those are the only games that exist like that. It's like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Like. 
You made your Astrobot tech demo. It couldn't have taken that fucking long. Make another one. Make an Astrobot rescue mission too. And then, you know, announce it and then announce that one is coming out on the PlayStation VR too. Yeah. And now we got hype. Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I can't wrap my head around it. It's like, you know, on the subject even further, uh, like the Horizon thing. So this is something you're probably not even aware of, but like, so Horizon Forbidden West came out and then they announced their big Horizon initiative and there was rumors associated with it and then there was real announcements. So there's the rumors of that they're working on a live service Horizon game, which tracks with like what's going on with their live service initiative and that they're making a Horizon that, and this is like heavily reported that there is a Horizon Zero Dawn PS5 remake. So they're remaking the first Horizon for the PS5. And it's like, this was like a year, a couple years ago that these was these rumors were coming out. And these are like coming from the same people that seem to be pretty reputable about the other things that are coming out. So it's like, are they really spending this long remaking the first Horizon? Like, It'd be one thing if they announced that, like, okay, we're remaking Horizon, and it came out within, like, a year. But if you're going to spend years remaking a fucking game that doesn't even need to be fucking remade, like, what the fuck are we doing here? You know what I mean? Like, for real, like, what the fuck are we doing here? Like, I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, I guess it's all down to, like, asset creation and, like, what I said earlier about, like, I don't know how long it takes to make a fucking CG-level quality fucking Aloy model. But, like, it seems like you'd be better suited just to have all those people working on the next fucking game. I would go out on a limb here and say you're 100% not wrong. You would think. You would think. I think I think we'll just, we'll have to wait and then see what happens in June. I guess we have to wait till fucking June. I don't know. There might be something. I'm not that, I need to get better at knowing the, all the, the different, because, I mean, June is just like whenever they usually have the big showcases, but that doesn't mean that they can't have like something at like Tokyo Game Show. I don't know when that is. And there's things that happen in between now and then. I'm pretty sure there's a few things that happen between now and then. Oh, certainly. But yeah, I mean, I guess that's what it is. I mean, you know, and then Microsoft, I forget there was one other thing that they announced at the end of that thing. Oh, that Diablo 4 is going to be the first Activision game to come to Game Pass. And that, um, there was something else I can't remember, but it must not have been that important. I don't think there was really anything else. That's just kind of fucking weird. Like that was 22 minutes of like, I don't even know. Other than they're just basically reassuring the people who, have, well, I'm taking it from what they said of that. This has been planned for months and that they're just addressing this thing because it became like this big news. And I don't know if it was because maybe they had announced, maybe the, Maybe they had always planned on in this podcast to announce that four games were coming. You know what I mean? Well, I guess we'll never know. Like whether they planned on saying that in this or if they were forced to because of the leak. Yeah. And they had to address it. I guess we'll never know. But it did seem like not much. Like for real, like not much. It was 22 minutes of just, hey, there's this. This is what's happening. Xbox is still on this trajectory. We're still, well, I mean, they announced that well, we're still doing we're still doing consoles. Yeah. We think it's the premier thing. Mostly they bragged a bunch of sh- about a bunch of shit that had nothing to do with them. Like they basically just like assimilate. They just pretend that they're fucking Activision King, Blizzard King now that they own it. They're like, well, actually we've been, you know, making MMOs for decades. 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've been, like, crushing it in the MMO department for decades. We invented the MMO, remember? Like, it's really how they were talking. It was kind of fucking hilarious, dude. I was like, these ballsy motherfuckers. They're just like, back whenever I invented Diablo on my fucking, on my laptop, back when I was in college. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck, guys? Like, Jesus. Like, you guys just came in and were like, yeah, we've always owned this. What are you talking about? It's always been us. The whole time. Shit's crazy. But I don't know. Hopefully it's not all doom and gloom. Oh. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, on top of it, it's, it's an interesting juxtaposition as far as like, cause I am on another level of hype for a new facet of gaming that I was like vague. I was a little interested in. I had my good experiences with it. I've went through all that, my 3d Blu-ray experiences and my, you know, Astro Bot and even resident evil seven and VR and all those experiences. But it was like, I was over it. Like it wasn't what I wanted. It wasn't quite where it needed to be, but to have, to have a reassurance, I'm like, no, nah, this shit's awesome. I'm really hyped about that. And to have that juxtaposition along with the fact it was like, well, maybe, maybe we're just not going to have video games in five years. Maybe this is it. Maybe they're just going to shut her down. You know, Who? That's what it feels like. So it feels like, like I said, the bartender, he's wiping the bar. Yeah. Like, well, boss, I'm going to shut her down. Hit the old dusty trail. Right, I'm going to have to you know, shut the old sign off. <laughs> and the Coors sign off. Yeah. 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 Speaking of turning Coors signs off, I guess we're going to gonna wrap it up. Wrap it up, baby. Give me a give me a, a bartender closing thing. What What's your move? My you, move? Like, I'm the patron. I've been like, I'm chilling. I'm just chit-chatting. It's just me and you in the bar. It's time to close. Hey there, buddy. You know what's cool about this conversation? You could have it outside. I've actually heard you say that. Yeah. <laughs> but that's usually when it's two people talking and oh. you interrupt them. And you're like, hey, guys, yeah. you know what's really cool about this is get the fuck out. No, exactly. Yeah. But it's just me and you. And you're just like, well, boss, time to get the fuck out. I guess you're just straight to the point. I guess yeah. that's what happens. You just don't bother with finesse they're drunk anyways who gives a shit i mean there's a certain amount of finesse that comes with being an asshole. dealing with a drunk person yeah you just kind of like, hey man bad. i told you five minutes ago you got five minutes Guess yeah because you can't be too nice to a drunk person because they think it's a cool and they're like yeah. oh i'm good they're smiling yeah like, yeah i'm just trying to be nice Get no dude out. just fucking go yeah too good for your home right come back again though yeah don't forget see, to leave a tip we'll see you tomorrow show, right <laughs> see you tomorrow yeah we'll see you tomorrow Right on. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Next week. Yes. Yeah. But anyway. Episode nine. Yes. We're going to make it to 10. That's going to happen. 10 episodes. That's one thing that you guys can count on is that there will be definitely 10 episodes of this podcast. But hey, man. Unless they stop making video games. You know, we'll pivot. We'll pivot. We'll start talking about board games. <laughs> we'll do a Monopoly <laughs> podcast. Hell yeah, dude. I can't wait for it. Anyways. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.